Good evening and a welcome to Oloso Fumar Takes. This is our 279th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. It's going to be a fantastic show. The greatest day of our lives is upon us, and none other than our guest of honor uh, is here, and that will make much more sense here in a second when I do get to introductions. But before we get to introductions of our guest of honor, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible, and that, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Juro Estate. The Freestyle Live is back, baby. Yes, event packs have been sent out. I've got one right here ready to go. They offer a unique pre-launch experience for consumers who wish to deeply engage in Drew Estate's newest product releases. The exclusive packs introduced during the Freestyle Live Special Edition broadcast held last week have an MSRP of around 40 bucks, but are actually worth way more when you think about it. Each pack contains three mystery premium cigars without brand identification, a sleek freestyle live high quality torch lighter, which I'll be using here momentarily, a cigar cutter, and a freestyle live leather strap keychain. In addition to these premium items, each event pack includes a freestyle live badge equipped with a unique QR code that allows purchasers to enter a sweepstakes for a chance to win extraordinary prizes. They gave away a motorcycle at one point. They can only get up, go uphill from here. The grand prize is a luxury custom pool table. Hell yes. Valued at $11,500 in the prize. And the first prize is a laptop valued at $4,600. Additional 10 lucky entrants will also win custom subculture studios ashtrays valued around $150 a piece. I mean, the, the gifts that just keep on coming. Jonathan Drew, founder and president of Drew Estate from Winwood Cocktail Lounge in Miami State's Freestyle Live is an event with an important purpose that always creates a big buzz for our brick-and-mortar premium cigar partners. We want cigar consumers to be in the in the cut with us celebrating each new cigar release together. We love our people, says Jonathan Drew of Drew Estate. So grab your Freestyle Live packs today and make sure you enter those QR codes so you can get into the drawing. Great stuff. I'll be using the, the lighter here in just a second. Uh, when uh, we get to our normal customary tradition here on Olos Fumar Takes, when my guest selects my cigar for the evening. And welcome, everybody. This is our 279th take. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest of honor tonight, sponsored by United Cigar, Smoke One Today, and Start Living United, Mr. Terrence Riley of Agonorsa Leaf. Terrence, how are you doing tonight? What an introduction. Wow, that was something. Thank you. I'm doing I'm doing better now after I heard that intro. That was right? a hell of an intro. It's all about coffee, my friend. Just caffeine, it just does the kick. It does it, just, oh. it makes everything better. God bless it. God bless. If I drank coffee now, I'd be up for, you know, till probably about noon tomorrow. But uh Well, that's how long the podcast is gonna go, Terrence. You should have done some coffee. <laughs> should have done some so no man, I really appreciate you jumping on again. This is your third, this is your third appearance on my show. And I can't I can't believe it's been so long. I'm so sorry that uh, it's taken so long to get you back here. But uh but I appreciate you. You're, you're a busy man. You got a lot of you got a lot of more important guests to have than me. Oh, don't say more important. I am a busy <laughs> man though. I am a busy man, just like you, just like you. I mean, I mean I and I all the thanks to you, Terrence. I mean, you did pure Pearl Sabor last week. You hop on a plane, you get back here, and you're raring to go for my show, man. I can't thank you enough. I'm so excited to have you here. My pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. 279. That's quite a lot, man. That's how many years have you been doing this? So that yeah, going into my this is my sixth year. So I'll be celebrating my seventh anniversary in November uh with the wow. show. Yeah. It's congratulations. Yeah, it's, That's a hell of a run. I can't believe it, man. It's crazy to think that it's 279. I'll be doing three. I'll have my 300 show at some time this, 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 uh, this year. So it's crazy. Wow. Just insane. Nuts. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. And you've been a part of that. You've been a huge part of that. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, I, of, of the, of, of the 279, uh, I've, I've been on 
I've been on three. So I, yeah. I, I've, I've, con- I've contributed. Some I'm guests, at, like, some I'm at 1%. guests don't get asked back. I mean, this is I'm, five, I, you know. I'm at one percent. I'm at one percent. So I'm, I'm. I, if I had, a, if this was uh, Amazon, I'd be, a, uh, you know, a multimillionaire. There you go. And you know, I mean, not only is your literary skills like uh, just a premium, you also did some impressive math there too. So that's pretty awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I couldn't do a percentage question out of 279 if you gave me an hour. So. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Terrence, before we get to some uh, initial questions here, do you have a tradition here on the show, obviously, which is uh, I'd love to join you for a cigar. You're going to tell us what you're smoking here in a second. But before you do, I'd like you to pick my cigar. What are my options? So I think you'll like them. I've got some good choices here. Uh, So I've got a a Cerebrus Toro. Ooh, that's that's a promising next. Yes, that's you actually handed me yourself, by the way. So I've been saving that for an occasion. This would seem like an appropriate occasion. Um. One of my absolute uh, staples uh, that that's a uh, staple in my humidor, and I have absolutely love this cigar, um, is the Guardian of the Farm JJ, the five and a quarter by 50. So far, a Guardian theme here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm going to break that theme here, too. But what we got next is the Agonorf, uh, Agonorsa Leaf Signature Maduro uh, Signature Selection. Here we go. Wow, old style. school. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go with the Cerberus. I gave it to you for God's sake. You might as well, uh, might as you know, might as well smoke it. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, might as well smoke it. Fantastic. Well, I'm gonna crack open the Freestyle Live Pack. Use the cutter and lighter that they uh, they provided for us. And uh, but uh, while I'm doing that, why don't you? What do you? What did you light up today? What are you smoking? Actually, uh, it's a sample from the factory of something. Well, it's not real. It's kind of a sample. It's a, a production we have coming out later this year, and uh, just you know, validating it, seeing how it's validating. coming along. How's it yeah. coming along? How's it smoking? Yeah, well, I just got into it. I don't want. I don't like to judge the movie by the first fifteen minutes. I want to go through the whole thing before I, I, I make any pronouncements. Sounds good. Sounds good. What? So, like, like on like on average, like Terrence. I mean, how much how much um, validating do you do of like non release non release cigars like ballpark uh, in a month? Like, what are you doing? Oh, right. stuff that hasn't been released yet. Yeah, stuff that like this like this is an example. You know, it, it kind of goes and fits, uh, you know, like this week, it was like 80%. It was, it was like, it was probably like 90% of what I smoked. You know, it was stuff that either hasn't come out or is a, is a true sample or, or, or it's something that's going to be coming out later, but, it, but, you know, we're just checking to see how it's coming along or it's something that's about the ship and we're just making sure it's going to be good, you know, when it does. And so that was this last week, it was probably 90% of what I smoked, but that's unusual. I mean, I would say on average, it's probably like, you know, maybe 10% uh, on a, a given month uh, of something that's not out yet. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of, that still has to be one of the most like enjoyable parts of the job though. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. So, so it's always fun to have something that you like either that you haven't. Oh, let's see how this works out that <laughs> like I had a lot of stuff with uh, there's a there's a new uh, Cuban seed uh, Criollo 2018. And that's like Cuban cigars actually will start being made with it or or coming out with it uh, in the next probably year. Um, and, and, and we've been growing it. And so I tried some stuff with that. So it's, you know, oh, it's how does this seed, you know. What does it taste like, and how does it impact blends? And, and you know, that's that's kind of that's a lot of the fun. Even now, after all this time, you know, you get a sample of something you're like, "Ooh, I wonder how this will be." What I really like about you, Terrence, too, is like, I know, you know, you obviously have a there's a vast portfolio to Agnorsa, and 
there's, I mean, there's some really high dollar stuff, which we'll get into like the anniversary line a little bit later and everything. And then, you know, your moderately priced stuff like the serve, the service here, the guardian of the farm, things like that, that are, you know, really like good bang for your buck cigar prices, you know? And then of course, but like you, like I see you smoking JFRs. I see you smoking new Cubas. I mean, got to validate yeah. everything. You got to validate yeah. everything, my friend. Well, um, and I think that that's, uh, I mean, I think that's one of the things I really appreciate about like the, uh, the effort and approach that you've always taken. Like you're, yeah, you could, you could easily just, you could easily smoke what you want for the most part, probably. And, you know, here within you reason trying, yeah, trying a sample <laughs> here and, or like smoking some of the, what we call more value price stuff there, but everything, but like, I, I mean, for my money, I still, I still really enjoy JFRs. And by, I mean, by the way, that stuff uh, is it really, if I have to pick is that stuff pays the bills. So yeah, that right. has to be, um, you know, this again, I think it's kind of like you have to judge each cigar by what it's supposed to be. And, uh, and then make sure it's living up to that. So whatever it's supposed to be, it's gotta, it's gotta be that, or you're going to have a problem. And, uh, and JFR, I mean, is still our biggest brand, you know? And so that's really, important that you maintain consistency on that and and it it, it remains uh the cigar that people expect it to be each time they pick it up yeah i mean i mean it's i mean i think that the easy comparison is i was using the freestyle live lighter from drew estate to light up the service i mean an easy comparison there is like jfr is to agonorse leaf what acid is to drew estate you know i mean it's just yeah it's it's it, yeah, the, definitely the the new the new Cuba bundles, the JFR, uh, the the Lunatic, you know the, that those brands are the you know that the other stuff is is growing at a faster clip, but it's, it's still not anywhere near as big as that is is the and again it's also JFR has been on the market since two thousand five. It's almost twenty years old. Um, oh, so. So that you know, that's a, it's been around a long time. It's had the the time to acquire quite a you know few customers as well. So that's another you know benefit that it has is, is that you know you've got people from you can't you can't rush twenty years of of marketing and you know right. getting into retailers and introducing it to customers. That you know there's no way to speed that up really. You know, unfortunately, so um, it, it's 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 got to be uh, it's got to be right because we depend on it. I didn't. It, that's a long time and at the same time that's like it's such a such a blip too when you think about it. it's almost 20 years old i didn't realize that that's that's how quote-unquote young it was i mean it's not young obviously but that yeah. like i that means i smoked i smoked some of the first jfrs on the market because i mean i remember having that those cigars in college so like i mean that's crazy so i must have been smoking it like as a new as a new release to retailers that's crazy yeah it's insane to think about Although if you think about it, though, you know, again, you're like, there, and there's stuff that's been on the market since the 1800s or whatever. But like, if you look at a lot of the stuff that's, you know, I would say pretty, pretty popular right now, most of it wasn't around 20 years ago. That's 100 percent true. No, absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I shouldn't say most of it, but I would say a, lo- a, a large part of it. Well, I mean, even some like the staple brands. I mean, I don't like they're they're not similar in the sense of like the similar vein, but I mean. They're similar in the sense of like they have they've they're 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 a pro, they're a staple like the Opus yeah. X brand for example for Arturo Fund it's a staple yeah. right it's a it's a yeah. quintessential it's their quintessential brand um and that's you know that's 
30 years old, barely 30 years, yeah. not even 90, yeah. 30 years old. So it's yeah, like, no, yeah, 95, I think it came out. Yeah. yeah, crazy. So, well, thanks for picking my cigar, Terrence. I really appreciate that. We're going to get into this and, uh, and more obviously here in just a few moments, but I just kind of to, uh, wanted to touch base with you on a couple of things. Obviously we we've, we've hit on this in previous shows and everything. Um, Boston area sports fan. It's uh, both of us share that likeness and everything. I, Absolutely. I'm, I'm a different on, on the football side. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the biggest anomaly ever. I'm pretty indifferent towards the Patriots. I don't like them. I don't hate them. I'm just pretty indifferent towards them, which, you know, for, for two decades, Tom Brady made, made them the most polarizing team in sports. You either loved them or you hated them. It was pretty great. They were thinking of making the Super Bowl, the, the, the New England Invitational for a while. Yeah, that's, you know, they're just... I mean, they should have. I mean, I'm just saying it should have been <laughs> But now, I mean, end of an era, man. Tom's Tom's retired after you know did a couple yeah. of years down in Tampa, and he's retired now. And and now Bill Belichick is gone. I mean, uh, I mean, how I mean, how did how did how did you take that news? I was I was curious to get your thoughts. You know, I spent the first ten years at least, maybe probably longer, but definitely for the first ten years, telling people who kept saying it was all Belichick, it was all the system. You know, Brady's a, you know, a, a guy that you could just plug in and, you know, anyone could be successful on it. And I would say, nah, he's a great quarterback. He executes at the moment you need him, blah, blah, blah. Like, and, and Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Now it's the opposite where now it's, it was all Tom Brady and Bill Belichick didn't do anything. And if you, again, which is equally ridiculous because the first four Super Bowls are not because of Tom Brady. The first three are, are the defense largely. And then, and then the, the fourth one, Malcolm Butler makes a play that everyone says, oh, Marshawn Wynn should have won. I have a, I'm not going to get into that because I have a lot of reasons why that's not, that play is not as dumb as it, as it seems. It's actually kind of a, it's, it's kind of a smart play. But it just doesn't work out. Like 99 times out of 100, that doesn't work out. The reason it doesn't work out that that particular time is because they knew that play was coming because Belichick is a freak that watches all that stuff. He won 11 games with a guy that never played college football. I mean, he was a backup yeah. uh, with Matt Castle for, you know. So, yeah, you know, he. I would say Belichick is the greatest coach of all time and Brady's the greatest QB of all time. And, yeah, Brady went and he won a Super Bowl. He also brought Gronk with him. He brought uh, what's his name, uh, the guy from Pittsburgh that was on the Patriots for a short time. Who's you know always getting in trouble. Uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown was there for at least a lot of the games that season. You know, so he he brought in a lot of guys that you know some of them were on the Patriots uh, who who helped. Yeah, he, had, he had Leonard Fournette. Yeah, they brought in a yeah, lot yeah. of veteran help. It was crazy, man. Yeah. So so again, you're like, and I'm not taking anything away. It's amazing what he did, but. Belichick, you know, the, the, the team, the reason Brady left is the team wasn't that great. The, the thing you can criticize Belichick on a little bit is that he hasn't drafted very well in the past 10 years. So that I can kind of understand the criticism is like, well, if you don't have an offensive line, it's because you haven't drafted one. And if you don't have any receivers that have done anything, it's because you haven't drafted any. And so that that's a fair criticism. But in terms of him, like not being a good coach is like absurd to me. I don't know how people can say can say things like that. Yeah. And it's insane. I mean, what a what a run, man. What a what an era that we witnessed. And I remember the 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 comeback Super Bowl, the great comeback Super Bowl. And my brother and I were watching it together, but he was texting. Me, he's like, Bear, what the fuck am I watching? And I was like, dude, you're watching the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, just sit back and enjoy yeah. it. 
because we're no, never that one is that it. one's Brady. That one's Brady. <laughs> so Brady's responsible for a couple, right? Of them, but like, but yeah, uh, for sure. But but de- but definitely, you know, I would say out of the six, you you, pr- you can't really say they won because of him for definitely three and probably even four. So, and then again, he he had the, the two best games he had against the Eagles. I mean the the Eagles. He he threw for 400 yards and lost, and then they had the undefeated season where the offense was just insane, and they kind of just you know it didn't you know they didn't win against that first Giants you know game. So again, you know it's a team sport, and we were very blessed to have uh, two of the best uh, you know the best coach and the best quarterback of all time, and then a lot of other great players as well over the years. You know, I mean, who are Hall of Famers: Vince Wilfork, Richard Seymour, uh, Ty Law, Lawyer Malloy. Um, you know, it goes on and on. So uh, there's, there's a lot of great players that have played over the years on the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it was, a, it was a, it was a great era to watch. Um, I mean, if you hate the Patriots, it wasn't, uh, like I said, I've been different towards them, but I, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, and it was always interesting and enjoyable to watch from that. They weren't in my team's conference, so that made it a lot nicer, I suppose. I probably would have. Probably Who's your team? The, the Cowboys? Pack, the Packers. No. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, the Packers. Yeah. No, I actually I mean, knew that. I mean, different to the two most polarizing, polarizing team in the NFL, I don't really care about the Cowboys either. Like, I could take them or leave them. Like, don't hate them. I think Jerry Jones is a moron, but, I mean, I think that's most people, even Cowboys fans. So. I think that's, yeah, I think that's, you know, not a controversial statement i was gonna say it's not really a hot take but uh um well so do you think do you think belichick coaches again no i think he coaches again i think he'll i think he'll coach so i I mean he'll coach high school football or something he's not going away i mean that's this is all he does (laughs) he's not he's not gonna sit around and like pat his grandkids on that i don't even know if he has (laughs) he's not he's not gonna do that you know so he's gonna i think the problem for him for the nfl is that he's he's in his 70s and so what he seems to want, and it seems like part of the reason he left the Patriots, I haven't followed it enough to know any of this for sure, but is that he wants to have like a lot of control in the organization and to hire somebody that's going to come in and really make a lot of changes to your organization. Probably want to get rid of people that potentially have been there for a long time that the owners have a good relationship with or whatever it is for a guy that, you know, is he going to be around in three, four five years? That's probably uh, a hard a hard ask. So he may have some trouble with that. Um, but, but I don't know. I mean, how many coaches in the league can you say are better than them? Uh, right. I don't know. If you had to guess, like, where do you think he ends up? I, I saw a report. They say, they're saying he might, uh, that Andy Reed might retire and he might take over there at KC. I heard that. I, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, I thought, I thought he, Atlanta was a promising place because they have good tight ends and he likes obviously to use, tight ends um and it's a good team i mean it's a young team it's not it didn't have a great season but it's they're young and there's a lot of talent on it or at least young talent um so i thought that was but now i don't know i mean i don't know what happens um at, at this point i think he's got to go play someplace with uh a, a you know a quarterback like already in place like i don't think he wants the the job of developing a quarterback you know he's not going to go coaching Carolina or Houston even with CJ Stroud or anything although guys said exciting as hell but like I think yeah I think yeah that would be a perfect scenario for him as if Andy Reed retires and he takes that over and then geez 
another another problem for him and again to his credit he he was he was a guy that evolved a lot he went from defensive teams to offensive teams he started using different you know systems you bring back you know i formation you know after it was kind of like a dead you know <laughs> like he, he he would he would do all this stuff but like in terms of like culture wise I don't know of younger players. If you look at a lot of the coaches that are doing well right now, they're kind of players' coaches. They're, they're, they're like younger guys, I don't think like the totalitarian uh, system that he he runs. Even guys that in the Patriots system that that did well there, like some of them would say it wasn't necessarily fun even to play there. Like they'd be like, ah, I I didn't love playing in New England. It was it was kind of like a grind. They just were constantly, you know, enforcing all these rules, and yet you know, and and. Uh, if you look at Harbaugh, like he's coming back now, but Harbaugh is another one. I mean, he he had three seasons. He went to like a Super Bowl and an NFC Ch- title Ch- game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and uh, and then he had one eight and eight season, and they fired him because everybody hated him. Like the players hated him, the administration hated him because he wanted to like control everything. Like he wouldn't let the players play cards on the plane. I heard or something like that. It's like these are grown men. You can't treat them that way. And uh, I think that that is more. If you look, you know. Uh, a lot of again, a lot of the teams that are doing well, they have coaches who tend to be more, you know, players' coaches, and they're younger too. They're guys that a lot of times they're maybe ten years older than the oldest guy on the team, you know, at the most. In some cases, less than that. So, yeah, I, that that's another problem for him is that you know, coaching the way he's coached somewhere else might be might be difficult. Yeah, for sure, I think so. Um. All right. Well, um, that will take us into tonight's major point, which is always brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. So Terrence, wanted to kind of take a step back here, and um, there were a couple of things that we hadn't, a couple of things about you that I, I, I can, haven't touched on in previous takes. But I was interested to talk about. So, like, I, everyone, I think everyone at this point, we've talked about it on, on the show, is like knows about your your master's degree and the you know the, the study of the classics and you know and literature and everything like that. Um, but I, if we talked about it, I don't think we talked too much in depth about it. But when you went to Amherst as an undergrad, history was your major. Yeah, so I was a history major, major as an undergrad, and I kind of leaned. I, I had to kind of make a choice between. I did a lot of like. American history, like revolution through civil war. And then I did a lot of classical history, you know, Greece, Rome, uh, that stuff, uh, late Republic, early empire, uh, mostly for Rome. And then I kind of had to make a choice and I ended up going to the, the, the classics. Uh, and then I did my master's in, you know, cl- classical history. Well, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, what, I mean, so obviously you, you you favored the classics and everything. What was it about that that you just really enjoyed over like I guess more you know newer history, the American history and stuff like that? What was what was appealing to you there? I well, again I, I like American history very much. I think it's very interesting, and I think that that, that period, that basically kind of the revolution to the the, the Civil War, is 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 fascinating. It wasn't that you know necessarily um, that it wasn't. It was less interesting, it's not necessarily, boring. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say it was more 
the the classical world I, is so in, in certain ways very different than the way we live today in that you kind of even with language like in a in English you know who and whom like a lot of people don't understand why you would use one instead of the other I mean, one's an object one's a subject in Latin like it's very clear those type of things so it's a much clearer like understanding of of kind of the realities of life uh if, if you like if you look at like uh justice system you know like it was very much a system that was like open, like a bunch of people uh, revolted and they, and they crucified them, you know, and they'd light them up on a hillside. And it was, it was very much like, Hey, we're in charge. Uh, and, and take a look at this. If you don't mess around, uh, we're, you know, the, you know, if you read Foucault, it's like the modern system is to hide everything. It's like you put people in prisons where nobody can see them. And, and the power structure is always kind of like hidden um, and everything's done on behalf of somebody else. You know, it's like, oh, we're doing this for, you know, the power of the people. And again, I'm getting kind of, you know, off topic here a little bit, but like the, no, the, 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 the classical world, I would say to summarize is, is a yes towards life. It kind of like looks at life and it's even its most troubling instances. And it still says it's worth it. It's worth living. Uh, and, uh, and I, you know, I, I found that kind of fascinating and, and uh and interesting um that's a i mean i would say that's a pretty philosophical approach to it 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 boiled down to something that i think i mean that's pretty deep on a certain level terrence because i think most people are just like yeah i thought i thought mythology was cool or like yeah (laughs) like the foundation or like to take it a little bit deeper like oh the foundation of modern society interested interests me you know like that's you know i think that's more different way approach but what like initially like what you know and, and please don't take this the wrong way terrence but like i mean that's a that's a pretty obviously like a, an academic route i mean were you i mean what were you looking to do did you did you think you were going to be like a professor or yeah yeah like- so that was that was the original goal is that i was i, wa- I wanted to be a professor I, two things eventually turned me off from that was was one is that like quite frankly i wasn't probably qualified enough um if you're going to be like a professor in classical history you need to be able to read German, at least read it, if not speak it, but read G- German. A lot of a lot of the the Germans are for ancient Greek and Rome. A lot of the like the the top regarded uh, opinions and and uh, papers and and kind of views uh, are done by them. There's there's some French people, too. So you got to read you be able to read some French. There's some Italian people. Um and then obviously, you know, uh, all languages, Latin, fluently, right? Yeah, no, none of, none, none, of, none of those do I, I know at all. And then uh, and then obviously uh, Latin and Greek, Latin, I, I was pretty far along and I did pretty well at that. And then Greek, I knew some, but I, I didn't start taking it until I didn't start taking ancient Greek until I was in graduate school. So I, I was uh, um, I, w- I wasn't the type of it's number one they're not banging down the doors for classics professors to begin with and then two when they choose them they're, they're choosing like really people that started studying these things when they were like in junior high there's a lot you know a, a lot of private schools mostly in europe but even some in the united states and the northeast and things where like they kind of you can kind of take that track from a young age and i and i didn't have that so it would have been very hard for me to ever get like any sort of really uh you know uh, attractive position teaching the classics and then two, the other thing which was maybe the, the bigger of the two was it gets very pedantic once you get to that level it, it starts getting into like 
you're 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 analyzing you know whether it's you know ancient glass from the the you know the early empire or the late republic or all this type of stuff it, it gets very pedantic and so you kind of i liked kind of the big themes and i liked the um like I, I wasn't into like military history really i mean again i know of the battles and all those things but like i'm more interested in kind of the cultural impact the, the philosophical impact that i was it, it was more of a way of life than it was a, a career so looking at like it to boil it down to a subject more interested in anthropology right and like like soci- like sociology of of ancient culture as opposed to like hey like who you know who won the battle of thermopylae or whatever yeah, exa- I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I was I was less interested. I mean, I'm interested in that stuff to the degree that it kind of ties into the, the, those 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 bigger issues, but not in and of itself. I like I, I wasn't you know studying like how Leonidas like was able to use you know uh, geography and uh, you know speed to you know hold off the Persian army or whatever it is. You know, like like not that again, not that that's not interesting, but that wasn't really what I was why I was doing it. Right, it wasn't your bag necessarily. Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, so that that was that was your master's, obviously, which was done at the University of Exeter. Yes. Uh, how did how did you decide? Like, you know, uh, um, I mean, I I recognize probably Amherst was, I mean, which is a fantastic school, was probably geographic based, but like, and maybe Exeter was the same for you. But like, what uh, what made you choose the University of Exeter for your master's? A couple of things. One is that I. Uh, uh, English uh, Exeter is it was a top ten UK school and it had it had a good program. It had this professor P T Wiseman. Fun fact: uh, J K Rowling uh, went to University of Exeter and she was a classics major. And uh, one of the characters, uh, I I forget. I've never I, I never actually have read any of the the books. I was too old when that was coming out to like you know really enjoy it you know or be interested in it. But but she's a classics major and there's a character that's based on uh, a professor. Uh, P.T. Wiseman, T.P. Wiseman. God, it's been a long time. But uh, he, he's, a, he's a really well-regarded uh, guy um, for historiography, Roman historiography. And uh, and so it was a really good school. And in, in the U.K., it's quite frankly, it's a lot cheaper to go to school. I was paying international fees, and it was still, I mean, a tenth of what I would have paid in the U.S. for an equivalent school that was equivalently uh, uh, of the same prestige. Did you, I mean, did you enjoy studying abroad? Did it give you a, like, do you feel like it gave you a different perspective than if you had done your master's here? I loved it. I loved England. Uh, I had a great time in England. I loved living there. I loved, I got to see a lot of Europe and uh, it, it was, uh, it's kind of funny over there. They, they kind of work less hard as they go along in their academic path. They're, like their lower schools are harder. And then as you go on, like there was long breaks. I mean, like I, I, I did very well there, but in some ways it was, it was easier. Um, I mean, I was interested in the subject. So I put a lot of work into the things I did, but like I could have, I could have not put that much effort in and certainly graduated uh, and just spent my time like, you know, running around. There's like long breaks between there's like, they divide this, the year into three, three terms. God, I forget McMellis, that length term. I forget what the, even the names are, but between each one, there's like a six week break. So, so like by, by early December, wow. you're, you're out till like, to like almost the end of January. And then like you have another break in like April or something like that. I, for, I forget, but there's like, there's this series of long breaks that you have and they just, you know, the, the, it was a more relaxed life. Uh, I, I liked the pub, the pub culture there. Um, 
I, I, I enjoyed my time there. It was, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. I love, I love England. I've, I've been a couple, I've been a few times and I just, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the country. Sightseeing. What was great. It was great. It was, as I mean, England, they always say it's expensive because the pound, I mean, at the time it was like two to one and everything. So you, it was $2 for one pound and everything, but, uh, food groceries are cheap because uh, it's a lot of it's subsidized. So the groceries were cheap and beer was cheap. Like you couldn't tax beer over there. You, they taxed everything every which way from Sunday, but you tax the beer, they lost their minds. So, so uh, those two, and when you're in college, you know, how much more you, you need, you need a nice pint and you need, uh, some sustenance. And I, I remember at one point I would like without on my food bill, like per week was like 20 pounds. Now, again, I wasn't eating filet mignon, but, but, I could live off 20 pounds, which is basically $40 a week in food. I mean, that would be hard even back then to now. It's, that would be totally impossible in this country. But but even 20 years ago, I remember the first time I did grocery shopping when I got back from living there. And I was like, why is this so expensive? Like, I, I, I couldn't. I was like, I was shocked at how, like, I, should it be cheaper, like, with the pound and everything? But uh, it, was, it was much cheaper over there. Crazy. Yeah. No, I think that's what I've appreciated about Europe. Uh, I went this past summer to uh, earlier this year, and and uh, yeah, man, it was just. Where'd you go? Spot uh, back to back to the UK. I was uh, did uh, Scott time in Scotland and uh, a oh, nice time in London. Yeah, it was great. It was a beautiful, beautiful visit. A lot of stuff. Uh, enjoyed Stirling Castle uh, up in Scotland and the William Wallace Monument. I did the flights of stairs, the fucking two hundred seventy eight steps straight up, man. Oh, one more, one, one more, one less step than tonight's episode. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, it, I love the the Scottish countryside. It's beautiful. What they say about the Highlands and stuff, and uh, I really enjoyed that. And just uh, um, and then I, I love, like I said, I love London. So it's London's a great town. Yeah, I, you'll fun. you'll appreciate this. Uh, uh, the first time I ever got to, I got I had to see a performance at the Globe Theater. Wow, oh, nice. So yeah, yeah old, old Bill Shakespeare's old place. Yeah, old Bill. Yeah, old Bill's place. Although, man. although I think that place, the the original one, burned down. Correct. I, I yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a remake of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, still, still pretty awesome. I saw a Midsummer's Night's Dream, uh, which is probably the play I've probably seen the 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 most and. For, fortunately yeah. and unfortunately but i really liked i really liked the the take that they had on it they they kind of spun history on its heels a little bit you know back in bill's day bill shakespeare's day they had uh, <laughs> uh the women were played by men right because women weren't yeah. allowed to act right so uh well yeah. this cast was uh was a majority of women and women were playing some of the men's roles and stuff so it was yeah. uh pretty i guess that's a, a that's a good play for it too i guess you know like because you know puck is a young you know, Sprite or whatever he is, yeah. you know, so you can kind of get away with that. It's like how Peter Pan is often played by a woman. Right. It's like, it's, you know, they're young. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny about Puck's character. Uh, the, the, the young woman who played Puck was, it was, it's actually fantastic. She had a very, um, she approached the role uh, instead of like, you know, outlandish and like off the wall and stuff like that. She was very dry and sarcastic. And she delivered the line such as, and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. So I've never actually seen it in the play. I've read the, I've read the play, but I've never 
actually watched it. So that's, but you, I can see that that'd be a good one. You know, it's a people pleaser. There's a lot of, you know, uh, magic in it or whatever, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's more of a, it's not, it's, it's not a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. I would have, you know, probably would have been a little bit of a downer, you know, if we're watching like King Lear or Othello or something like that, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, no, it made for, it made for an enjoyable experience for sure. So, uh, uh, if you do go to the globe, though, highly recommend uh, sprint the sprint the five pounds extra for a cushion because those seats are very painful. I'll just say. Yeah, my back so, needs the cushion for sure. Yeah, good to know. Yeah, especially with your height, the turns like holy shit, man! Like, yeah, sprint for the cushion. Seriously, it's totally worth it. I will. Done. Sold. <laughs> tough, tough sell them. Uh, well, awesome. Well, I'm, thanks for thanks for going back a little bit in time there, Terrence. Um, really kind of just wanted to explore some stuff that we hadn't talked about before. I thought it was interesting. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously fast forward back to, you know, your time now, Aganor Sleaf. Um, now I, I'm not sure if I missed this or have you, have you always been a vice president? Like, since uh, so, so yeah, yeah, I was hired. Yeah. I was hired as vice president okay. of sales and marketing. Again, the only title that matters is owner. That's the only title, and that's not me. Uh, <laughs> so, so you can you have whatever title. I mean, I think people today are kind of obsessed with, about titles, you know. But uh, um, that's yeah, that's the title I was given when I joined. Nice, nice. So, I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of flurry of activity this year, and actually, I mean, ever, I mean, ever since you joined on, Terrence, we're going to get into some of the campaigns that you kind of helped spearhead here in just a moment. But just talking about from a cigar perspective. There's there's been a lot of uh, of activity this year uh, from you guys, and it's been it's been kind of fun to watch and everything. I mean, starting with the lunatic, I mean, you guys just announced that uh, you'll uh, you know you and Dave are, are hooking up and and doing the firecracker version of the lunatic, which yeah, is your show exciting. sponsor. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're doing one with the show sponsor. That's nice. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, no, I, I Dave. Uh, um, Dave's been very good to me. We, 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 uh, didn't work with him at Casada, but he was always super, um, friendly with me and always would give me the time, uh, whenever, you know, I, I asked to see him, which I try not to take advantage of too much, uh, because I know he's busy. And when I joined Aganorsa, I went to see him, I think the next month I joined, uh, December 1st of 17. And, and I think, I guess, January of 18, I, I came in and, and he said, okay, Terrence, let's, uh, let's do it. And he's been a great partner. He's a super intelligent guy. He's a guy that is always thinking how to like do it better, how to, how to do it different, how to come up with an, uh, you know, a, a more interesting way or a more effective way to bring people in, into his stores or to the business or, 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 or whatever. And so I always enjoy my conversations with him when it, when, uh, it's a busy man, you know, but when he has the time, and uh, they've been great partners, and I'm really happy we get to do a firecracker. It's it's a super successful thing that they they do. A great example of what I'm talking about: how he kind of is creating different things, and uh, and and uh, we're we're really proud of uh, of of it. And hopefully, when it comes out, everybody enjoys validating. Um, I I mean, I'm particularly excited. I what obviously like you could have gone. You could have gone in plenty of different routes with this, right? Why did you think that, or why did you, or why did Dave, or you know, you know, Paul, or whoever was involved in the decision? Why, why did, why was the lunatic line chosen as opposed to some of the other items in your portfolio? Was it something about it just made it? Well, again, when it's called the firecracker, it can't be a mild cigar. Not that we do a lot of mild. In fact, we hardly do any mild cigars. But like, you want something kind of stronger, and so the 
the blend we we picked that's strong the the lunatic loco which they're they're all you know uh, they're perfectos there's a four and a co- uh, three quarters by 60 four and three quarters by 70 and a five and a half by 80 and th- those cigars are are debatably our strongest i'd probably say the rare leaf maduro is stronger but it, it's a, it's a um one of our stronger cigars and so they liked the blend for it and so that's it was more than anything that the blend was appropriate for the project and they liked it Nice. Nice. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's really exciting. Like you said, that it's a, it's a very, very successful line uh, for, for Dave at two guys. And, and it seems like every time, and I mean, it's a, it's a guaranteed sold out. So, I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be something that you're excited about. Just have the phones go crazy for, for some lunatics. Yeah. It's, it's always good to collaborate. Like one of a big thing I'm always for is like uh, one plus one is three, you know? And so the more that you can work with people to, for a mutually uh, beneficial relationship, I'm all for that. So they, they have customers that probably don't deal with us that much uh, for whatever reason, you know, and, and and that may turn them on more to our products because of this, this one. And then also like, hopefully we have a, a following that will uh, certainly search out anything we do and may not be familiar with some of their brands and, and now are buying something that, that uh, we've done for them. So the idea is to, is that everybody wins. And I, I, and, and I think that this is, this, type of project is a good example of that yeah for sure i i'm i, I mean i'm particularly excited I mean, i'm I'm really glad it was chosen over a couple of other opportunities and stuff um just because I, I i i don't know i don't know like you said if it's named like firecracker you don't necessarily want to you know any other names necessarily going on with it so um uh, thought- lunatic firecracker kind of go you know like right right you so know i think the validation line would have been an interesting call just you know, my two cents would have been an interesting one to do. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they were somewhat also surprised almost that it was that it didn't end up being something like that. But again, thematically, I thought it worked a little better. It's like it's called Firecracker, you know, the Lunatic Firecracker. I think that that kind of like has more of a natural relationship. Um, than not that it wouldn't have been successful otherwise, but I I just think that that. That kind of uh, name goes well with with the name of the of of the cigar. For sure. What was what, Sean's asking in the chat? What what is the most what is the most mild cigar in the Gordon Norris portfolio? Like you said, you guys don't do a lot of Connecticut's. Would it be the Anniversario Connecticut or? Well, well n- now it's the uh, the new Cuba Superior. So that will be the the lightest thing, and that's that's intentional because we you know we're always fighting over kind of the same people and and again we're a company that's it's more it's more overall for experienced people it's it's for people that it's your, your first cigar probably shouldn't necessarily be an agonorsa uh you know depending on depending on who you are you know sometimes people can just jump right into it but usually again it's like the first drink you had you don't want it to be uh lafroig uh, or or even maybe <laughs> you know uh, or even you know that's an extreme but like you know you, like if you the first time you enjoyed an alcoholic beverage it probably wasn't like a, a, a you know a, a bourbon or uh you know a neat or something like that it was probably like a light beer or it was something that was you know a mixed drink of some kind or something like that uh in that and that kind of like oh this is this is pretty good and then you kind of move on and then you move into things that are you know for a more experienced uh, uh connoisseur um and that's i'd say more what we are but but there's a va- there's a ton of people out there that uh you know are occasional smokers 
they just want something light, sweet, delicious. And, uh, and they don't want to like have anything that's going to overwhelm them or they're new. Um, and so the, this was kind of aimed towards that. And, and really Fabian, uh, Ziegler, who has joined us about a little over six months ago now, he spearheaded it. And, uh, in one of his reasons, uh, you know, it was kind of already in the, the works when he joined, but he, he really, because of his experience, uh, drew kind of, uh, jumped into it and, and, one of the reasons he's, he was excited about it is that like acid created so many cigar smokers and then they could transition those guys into Liga smokers, but they weren't going to probably start off with Ligas uh, or at least successfully start off with Ligas. Um, and so it, it's good to have that brand that you can bring anybody in with. And then as time goes on uh, and they become, you know, uh, hungry for something a little bit fuller, then just convert them over to the rest of the portfolio yeah. uh, instead of fighting for every, you know, ultimately the, again, it's like the, the vast majority of, of cigar smokers ultimately smoke mild cigars. That's the, that's the, by far the majority. We right. just have a very vocal minority of, of stronger cigar smokers. Right. We're very passionate and uh, bring kind of the, I guess the fun to the cigar industry. Um, but they're not the majority of, of it. And so it doesn't make sense to have, you know, a company we, we're keep, capable of making something to suit a large percentage of the market. And we weren't really doing it. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, a segment <laughs> of the me. market, um, something that you wanted to, I guess, capture um, earlier this year uh, with the release of the PCA trade show, uh, the lunatic gets a, an additional uh, line extension. You have the 10 by 100 cigar available under the lunatic line. Um, Got to be honest, Terrence, I, 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 I wasn't terribly excited about it. I'm not a big gauge smoker, but I mean, there, I mean, neither am I. You, you guys know what you're doing. I mean, I mean, was there, was there a, was there a market for this cigar? I mean, I mean, it, nah, it's, it's, it's sold been... out immediately. We're, we're going to be doing it again at the, at the trade show this year. Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, uh, speaking of, of uh, Dave Garofalo again, uh, I mean, he, he bought a hundred of them. He sold them all. I mean, uh, we had a, a retailer that we had them at the store. Uh, he, I don't know how many they buy. I think 40 or 50 of them or something sold through them, sold through them all. And they had, a, they even, you know, they got creative. They had a contest. Like who, you, if you smoked it at the store, you had to smoke the whole thing at the store. They'd write down your time. Somebody actually smoked it. And then you got a t-shirt once you did it, but somebody smoked it in uh, two hours, uh, which is, Jesus. I don't know how they did that. Uh, so, right. so they it, was, an it was like lung machine on the side. Like, Holy I think fuck. The, I, I don't call it smoking. I call that burning, but uh, yeah, you know, again, we're, we're here. Like my job here is to, uh, serve our, our customers uh it's not for me to tell them what they should smoke or not smoke and when i joined the company i was like man why don't we make all these big cigars and then i looked at the sales and i said oh my That's god why. don't stop making these cigars you know and uh you know uh in fairness i what i, what I would say has changed my opinion um is that a, a large ring cigar can be as flavorful if not more flavorful than a smaller ring gauge and it's just because if you have to blend it correctly uh, to do that, like where when Big Ring Gauge first came out, I think a lot of the manufacturers, you know, it's a lot of old Cuban guys, and they were kind of like these crazy gringos, don't know what the <laughs> hell they're doing, and they just packed it up with like you know uh, light seco tobacco that they could get rid of, and the cigar has got a reputation of being bland. Oh, it's a Big Ring Gauge; it doesn't have a lot of flavor. 
I mean, uh, and some brands, not my favorite size because I, I'm, I'm not a big range age smoker, but flavor wise are the best. Uh, the, the lunatic torch line, the four and a three quarters by 70 to me is the best tasting one of, uh, of the bunch. Even sometimes I'll, I, I'll have a, somebody say, they'll, they'll be mad at me. They'll say like, oh, I love that El Chiquito Habano. Like, but man, I hate that size, but it's so good. I, I smoke it, but like, you know, every, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like smoking a cigar that big, but I, I just love the flavor so much. So, uh, I, I, I do think you can really get uh, a great experience, um, out of a big ring gauge, but, uh, if you blend it correctly. So we're just trying to put out the best product, um, to fit, to fill something that fits the market. And that for that customer, if we, if there's a lot of that customer and we shape it correctly, um, it's successful. Yeah. Um, so you obviously tried. I remember you actually posted on social media with it. Um, well, how long did it take you to finish? Oh, it was like, I don't know. I technically finished it. I, I was, but I was on like over the, I was like at the four and a half, five hour mark or something like that. And then Holy I think shit, I, I, th- I think I gave up, but I, I smoked it to make sure that you could smoke it. You know, like you, you, again, validation is a real thing. You know, we joke around a little bit about it, but uh, you have to make sure that it smokes well. And, uh, one thing we're going to do definitely on this new run is put a little bit more. Um, we're going to protect it a little bit more in the box. Each one came in its own individual coffin, which, uh, you know, you could bury yourself in it after you smoke the cigar. It was so big. Um, uh, it's, but we did get some damage from, you know, the UPS driver throwing them around or whatever. Um, so we had to, we had to do some uh, returns because of that. But, but uh, we're going to, do it again with more, you know, protection on the cigar itself. And, uh, like I said, it was, we get calls every day. Hey, do you have any of those left? Any more of those? And, uh, and we'll be making a whole new run for, for the PCA. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I, I confess I didn't try it. Um, the first go around doesn't mean I won't try it, but man, that's God, that's so big. That's such a huge cigar. And it's, and it's funny too because like uh, it, I was just at Puro Sabor in Nicaragua the festival and uh, you know we we actually for our tour we had somebody rolling that specific cigar only because these people see so many factories you start kind of seeing the same things over and over again they hadn't seen anything like that be rolled and one guy he, he took it and he, I mean he was he was smoking it that night he was doing the Agonorisa Flex and he was a big dude he was about my size uh, height wise and probably you know had good 50 pounds on me he was pretty jacked up and uh just loved it and it actually looked pretty you know it looked pretty normal in his hand you know like a big guy can't he probably couldn't get away with smoking a you know a petite lancero or something like that so uh like i said we're here and and you know he he loved it he was like man uh, this cigar is great i love the flavor man it like fits perfect you know so like i said the bottom line is we're, we're here to we're here to serve the customer yeah um I, I think it's crazy that there's such a demand for something that big. I just, I, I can't imagine, but, uh, but yeah, you guys did a great job with selling that product last year. It's great. That's going to be back next this year as well. Was there any, um, I mean, blending something or creating something that large, you feel like, like I, and that's the other back rank that I have on like other large gauge cigars and not necessarily with Agonor sleep, just, but just in general, um, just, you know, I think the extra protection is actually going to be a good thing because what I heard was like, you know, after a few days, obviously, at the PCA trade show, it being handled by 
hundreds. Oh of no, people. yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they get yeah, beat up. Just, yeah, yeah, it was getting beat up and everything. So, uh, that, the extra, the extra cushion and everything will definitely work well for it, in my opinion. But uh, okay, well, good stuff there. Um, just curious about um, a couple of other things here as we kind of dive more into some of the, your releases and everything. Um, the uh, the uh, you you mentioned that you mentioned a guy doing the the uh, the of flex, and um, and then of course the validation, and I call these campaigns, right? Like these are these are marketing efforts and everything like that, and 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 Terrence, you and I were talking about this before we launched the show. I mean, you've done such a tremendous job there, of of creating brand awareness and 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 relevancy. You know, um, you know, you had a, you know, when you first started, I mean, you had an old brand, Casa Fernandez. You guys rebranded right away, and we we've we've chronicled that on this show. But I mean these these campaigns. I mean they they seem silly, but I mean they're I mean they're all over the place. And I mean that has a lot to that has a lot to do with with you. I mean, did you have did you have any like um? What's the word I'm looking for? I guess were were you the were you the uh, the, the the engine behind the genesis of both both of these campaigns, or was it kind of a group effort, or like what's uh, how did it, I mean how did these things come to pass? So I, I was, I don't have that many good ideas, quite frankly. I mean, I basically listen to other people and, and, and both, both cases, I, I guess you could say I kind of turned it into something, but like it was, neither one was my idea. So on validation, um, Paul Palmer, our, our president in the office, like every, when shipments come in, he would just say, okay, Terrence, let's go, let's go validate uh, what, what came in. And you open random boxes and you check and you smoke, you know, you look at the box, you see how it looks in the box, you take it out, you you feel it, make sure it doesn't feel, you know, feels right. You look at the wrapper, you know, cut, you draw it, make sure the draw is good. You make sure that it burns well, it tastes the way it's supposed to taste. So it's a real thing. And, and, and Paul would refer to that as validating. And, and uh, I just thought that was kind of funny in a way, because like, it sounds so like in serious and, and you're smoking a cigar, you know, like, you're, like right. it, 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 so it does have this genuine thing to it, but it, it, it's fun to kind of, say it that way and so i started utilizing that to to you know know, hey we're not smoking we're validating and uh you know you get a call from your better half or your boss you know they tell you they gotta go go to the office or do some honeydews or whatever and you say listen i'm validating right now let me get back to you sounds like it's all okay in fact (laughs) i i I, we we even had a a guy he sent me the text conversation where he he he, it was his day off and his his wife sent him the text hey honey i know you got the day off are you busy he said i'm validating right now and she goes oh okay well let me know when you're done i got a couple things i want you to do so so like that's awesome so you know it was funny you wrote like oh you're a genius this you know i don't know how many times it works but but you know at least you got you know one out of it so again the idea is to have it be fun but also have it be something that's an actual thing. It's not just totally a made up thing. And then with the flex, I didn't come up with that either. Um, and uh, uh, I started, I started to do it. And, uh, um, you know, uh, Ryan out from Colorado, he, he, uh, he came up with it. And, uh, um, you know, he said saying, you know, it's, it's got a cool image. You got to get people to start doing that. And that one took a little longer, to be honest with you. I started doing that and I didn't really see much of a, of a reaction to it. And then suddenly you started to see people posting and doing it and things like that. And again, these things are both useful 
one of the things I, I spent a lot of time thinking about is a guy goes into a humidor. Unless he already knows what he's going to buy, he kind of walks around. And you basically got to pray either that the somebody in the store, uh, which you have some control over because if you can do trainings and build relationships with retailers, they'll recommend your product. But they have lots of products to recommend. So you got to pray that they recommend your product or by a bigger miracle, the guy walks around the humidor and somehow buys your cigar. Mm-hmm. Then he's got to like that your cigar. Then he's got to remember it. And so think about that process. You've, you've already got all these ifs, ifs, ifs. And how many times, I mean, again, you, you, you work, you've worked retail. Uh, hey, what, I had that cigar here a couple months ago. It was so yeah. good. What, what's the name it of a, it? It's a red like, label. It was a red label. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you've lost the guy, you know, you, you did all this stuff. You got lucky that you even got that far and he, he, you know, you lost him because he can't remember. And then he goes and he buys whatever he, he, you know, he, he kind of always liked before or whatever it is. So you've got to, you've got to do something to tie that in. That was with the rebranding with the arm. You know, it's the one with the arm on it. It's the one with the, like you're, these things get them to kind of remember it better um, because it's hard. You know, people, most people are busy and they don't have time to remember all the names and brands and sizes and everything like that. They're just kind of living their life and they have a lot of things on their mind and a cigar is something they enjoy and they don't think too much about it beyond that. And so you've got to do something to hook them so that they, they can, re- they come back. They, they're, it appeals to them to begin with, and then they come back to it. And, uh, and a lot of stuff is driven by, by that concern of, of how do you get somebody to, to, you know, remember your, your brand and come back to it over and over again. So, um, obviously the cigar has to be good, but like you, as you just, you said, you know, Oh, it's got a red band. Oh, it's a, and again, again, the biggest really surprise for that was COVID because during COVID, I mean, guys couldn't necessarily go in the store. And so they'd call and they'd say, you know, Oh, it's that cigar. I always smoke. It's not even a cigar. They tried. It was something that they've been smoking for years. It's like, well, what's the name of it? Ah, it's got a red band. Well, what size is it? I don't know. It's like six or five or six inches long. Well, all they could tell you was like where it was in the humidor. They'd be like, it's on the right-hand side of the humidor about middle shelf. Like they knew where it was in the humidor, but they couldn't even, and they're looking at this cigar every day and smoking it. And they don't know what it's called or the size or anything. So if, if some guy's smoking a cigar and looking at that band every day and doesn't remember, I mean, what's he going to do with a cigar that he hasn't you know, had before? So anything you can do to kind of increase the likelihood that they'll, remember you is, is really important. And so the, these things, you know, it's meant to be fun and, and because it's fun or I hope it's fun, uh, it, it helps people remember. And, and, uh, and that's kind of what drives all this. Yeah. No, I think that. I mean, I think they're, they're, they're really brilliant campaigns and, and, and it doesn't really matter whose idea it was Terrence. I mean, you really delivered on these things. I mean, and I've, you know, I've made that remark uh, going back to your first appearance here. I mean, I mean, you really, really grabbed the bull by the horns. If I can just use the metaphor, like you really grabbed the bull by the horns when you started up with with Casa Fernandez slash Organized Leaf, man. I mean, you led the company through a complete rebranding. In a lot of ways, you're still rebranding, but I mean, you guys, you led them through that. You know, you got you know people talking about. It. I remember us talking about this. I mean, when we mentioned JFR earlier, I mean. You made JFR cool again. <laughs> you know, well, you yeah. know, thank you. <laughs> well, like you said, like you said, a majority of the Agonorsa smoker smokes JFRs, but your audience, right? The people who followed you, followed your career, you know, the, 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 the vocal majority, like you said, for vocal minority rather, um, aren't JFR smokers. Maybe didn't even realize it existed. Didn't even understand it. And, 
you know, you were able to educate that just by bringing some brand awareness. Which is yeah, I mean Eduardo. I mean, I you know likes me well enough, but I'm here, you know, to to he brought me in uh, for a purpose, and I take that seriously. I take that uh, trust he placed in me very seriously, and so I'm here. I'm here to you know do the best job I can, and um, you know I jumped right in. So it was uh, it was important that I that he I wouldn't want him to ever feel like oh man why did I hire that guy and so um you know I I, I you know we're all only as good as our last day so um that kind of keeps and we got a long way to go I mean we still have like a ton of uh of awareness uh to, to build we're entering world market more so now Fabian's handling that so there's more international uh, awareness we're growing there but there's still there's still a ways to go and a, a lot of opportunity and things we could do better and we're just trying to get a little bit better every day. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Fabian. Um, and I think you might have obviously just answered the question, but I, I mean, I wasn't worried necessarily like in the point of like, Oh no, this isn't good. I mean, I was really glad to see you guys brought him on. I'm, I love the Fabian's back, you know, full-time back in the industry. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, guys like that, guys like you, I mean, I mean, that's, that's two amazing acquisitions for Agonorsa leaf in the last, you know, half, you know, half decade. I mean, you guys really, you know, and, and I know you would never say this, Terrence, this is me talking, but like, I mean, both of you really hoisted your, you know, respective brands that you came from on your shoulders and you carried, you carried a lot of weight and you did a, made a lot of difference making Quesada uh, and Drew Estate respectively, like really, you know, household names, you know, in the last, you know, 15 years. So. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I did. I just think, I mean, I think it's super impressive. And I, but my so anyway, to, to boil it down to my question was, what 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 role or how does he differ? You know, because Fabian did exactly what you did at Drew Estate. You know what what yeah, what you're yeah, doing now. I mean, so like, what I mean, what's the difference in role and well, how do you, guys you have to play keep together and stuff. A, so a couple like one thing is that when I joined the company, it was a lot smaller. So as time goes on, it gets harder to do. Like so I, I I was handling. The sales, obviously, the marketing side, and on the sales side, you have retailers, and then you have, you know, some. I don't handle. It's like Dion, for instance, or like uh, Nick Malillo. They hand, they work with the factory. I'm not involved with them in any way, shape, or form. But there are private labels that I do work with, Black Star Lines, um, you know, different different uh, companies that. So there's that, and then uh, and then you also have uh, the you know the the. The, the big guys, uh, the catalog, you know, it's, it's funny how I'm old, I'm calling them catalog companies. That's not really, I think, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, so that, and, the, and, and, and most companies, there's like a, a different person for all these things when, when you're small. Um, and then there's international, which I was, I was kind of just doing to help the company. I, I wasn't, that wasn't really my job or responsibility, but like I would assist in bringing people in a little bit there as well. But as you, as you grow, it, it's harder to do any of these things these things well uh when you're doing all of them uh and and uh so i was i was on a trip with ryan polar who you know out of texas he's our rep out of texas and he had worked with fabian for many years he's very close with fabian and i have a very good relationship with ryan and uh i was i was kind of saying man we need to get somebody i mean it's just getting to the point where we're not gonna grow if we don't have more people you know um and uh and so he's like you know i think fabian would maybe be interested in in coming back to the industry if you gave him a call and so I called him and uh, we we spoke and again he he's 
he's very much of a guy. It's like, okay, what needs to be done? Um, I would say we're similar in this slide. It's like, what's, I don't care really what I'm doing. I just, let's, let's, let's get things done. Let's accomplish things. And so, you know, I, th he's going to probably, he's going to definitely deal international. Like he, and he's doing that. Like, uh, I, like I said, some of the guys I knew a little bit prior to him coming on. So I had some relationships there, but you know, he, he, he has way more international because it drew, he did an international uh, business. And, uh, and, and so he's handling that, which is a blessing for me. Uh, and then he, he's doing, he's going to be doing more of the kind of um, brick and mortar uh, uh, events and things. I'll still be doing some of those, but like he'll, he'll take some of that load from me. Um, and, uh, and again, he's been involved on the new Cuba project because of his experience there with that. And again, you, you have to have people who are good. Uh, you can't, you can't do it alone. And uh, it's really a team effort and he's a great team player. And uh, if I, I always say, if I ever wanted to prevent people from being hired that were good because, you know, out of concern for my job, I should be fired immediately. I'm not, I'm not worried about my job. Uh, it, I feel I, I do a good job and, God forbid Eduardo ever decided, you know, to throw me out the door. You know, I, I think I've, you know, I, I could probably find a uh, land somewhere where safely, uh, you know, we're, we're here to, to build this company and to make it as successful as possible. And you can't, you know, prevent people from coming into that if you, if that's what you want to do. And to be honest with you, when I hire somebody, one of the things I, I look for when I hire them is, is would I work for this person under different circumstances? Like, you know, if, like, if, if this were the other way around, would, would I want to work for this person? You know? And, and uh, I think that's really important to say yes to that because you're saying no, I mean, it's not, I mean, that's not a good sign in, in my opinion. So he's been a blessing to us and he's been uh, you know, a huge benefit, helped us tremendously. And uh, I couldn't be happier. He's with us. Yeah, it's certainly exciting. I was really jazzed when you guys hired. Like I said, I really was really pleased to see Fabian back in the industry. I think uh, the industry is a better place with them. Uh, similar to like when you came over to Cas Fernandez at the time. Like I thought that was that was super exciting. That was that was not as long of a of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I had, I had a short took, sabbatical. But, yeah, I uh, Fabian was a smart one. He took a couple of years. He, he got rejuvenated himself. <laughs> yeah, <good stuff. laughs> Um, I wanted to go back to something that we were talking about because I think it's an interesting point of discussion um, about how hard it is to launch a successful brand and line. Um, and I might be totally misguided here, Terrence, and I apologize. I'm not trying to be. It's just kind of an observation that I've made. But we were talking about JFR and talking about the 20 years that, you know, the, the, the near 20 years that it's been on the market. And how it's become a, a a humidor staple and everything, um, and you guys have launched several cigars uh, since your time has started there, and and on several good cigars. I mean, really good. I mean, the Guardian of the Farm is an example of that. I mean, that's I have those on hand, like in my humidor. Like they are like any there. It's a weekly smoke for me. I really enjoy that cigar. Um, but it, it's hard to kind of keep like momentum going. Obviously that. You know, that the first year it was released, it, you know, it popped up on the top 25 list. I mean, it was a pretty, pretty popular item for a while. Um, I haven't seen much, much chatter about it lately. And similarly, you know, the, the cigar that I'm smoking about, which was 
I mean, was really, I felt really well received. The Cerebrus was really well received when it was released like 18 months ago. Um, but I, I, I'm just, I, I guess is the, is the momentum, is it, is it, you know, holding, holding the water that you expected it to, am I completely off and I'm just not seeing it because I'm not looking in the right places unnecessarily. So there's, a, there's, there's a couple of things to, to that one is that, and that, and this is another area that Fabian will be helpful in, uh, is that I wouldn't say we've had as coordinated an effort, uh, to do things, um, as, ideally we would like and so now we're kind of going to be quarterly concentrating on a couple lines of cigars uh you know and and so there will be marketing to support that there'll be um you know obviously sales promotions to support that the reps will have samples to support that and there'll be more of kind of a, a concentrated effort on a quarterly basis on a on a brand to give it kind of you know that that boosts on a consistent basis that a brand needs no matter what most brands need at some point um to kind of keep giving it the boost so so in that point we're 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 addressing that on the other side you have to keep in mind is that like we live in a, a very small part of the of the cigar world which is which is basically people that it's almost part of like their identity and for those groups they tend to want something new all the time and and so yeah when Cerberus comes out they try Cerberus they buy a box of Cerberus and then the next month they're looking for whatever Steve Sock is coming out with or Espinosa is coming out with or, or Roma Craft is coming out with or 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 whatever and so those, those groups are not I think totally indicative of of where the brand is because right. they kind of start trailing into whatever the new thing is. Everyone wants to smoke the new thing that comes out. And what you have to do is you have to transition. You have to ride that wave and then you have to transition into the market, other market. Yeah. The next, yeah. The next segment, uh, which is, which is people that smoke consistently, enjoy cigars, have a rotation of cigars that they smoke and kind of, they're not on blogs and they're not like a, there's a cigar bar uh, near where I live that um, I, I, I hang out. I try and, well, I've become the rep there, but, but like I it really, I just go there to enjoy myself. I it's, I'm not there to like push people to smoke Aganorsa because I don't want to be the guy that, Oh, here he comes. He's going to be trying to you know, sell his cigars to me or whatever. I just want to go there and relax and I want to have a good time with these guys. Um, and, and the good part, I mean, the experience has shown me that like, there's so many people that really just go in the humidor and they, they buy one or two things that they like, and they never really ever smoke anything else. Unless somehow like the circumstances align where something gets in their hands, they really enjoy it. And then that, that falls into the rotation as well. And, uh, and so that is really the harder part is getting to those guys, which once, once you do gives you that kind of stability for your brand, because they're not interested in the story. They're not really interested. They, they kind of, as long as it doesn't look like something offensive to them in terms of the name, like if, if you called it the Joe Biden cigar, the Donald Trump cigar or whatever, like that would inherently turn some people off one yeah, way or the polarize, other. Polarizes some yeah. people. Yeah, for sure. But as, as, as long as it doesn't do that and they like the flavor of it, they, they enjoy the cigar and it's the right size for them. Like they'll start smoking that and then they won't even like discuss it otherwise. Like they'll just go in there. And so it's been interesting to see how like, there are guys there that I, I've turned on to Agonorsa and some of them, they just go and 
they buy Agonorsa. They never ask me any questions about it. They never ask me like, like how long we've been making it or what's coming out new or like, like, Oh, what's the blend or they're just not, they just like it. And that's it. Yeah, and there are guys that, that, that like they, well, there's one guy, uh, this, this guy, uh, Matt, that, that like he smokes the Florida Minicana and a couple times he's been there when we've had an event or something like that. And he'll, he'll buy one just to support, but he goes back to his LaFleur and that's what he smokes. And, and like, uh, you know, I always joke with Carney. I'm like, man, you, 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 you know, I can't get this guy. You, you got, you got to send him a gift. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, like I, I always try not to be too swayed by what I see in the area where we are right now, which is people that like, which, is my favorite part and the, the the most fun part, but is not really indicative of the market overall. I mean, there are brands that if you, if you look at, the, I mean, how many people do you know smoke Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real that are in like what we do? Not that many, right? right. Yeah, they're they're selling tons of those things. I mean, like right. there's because that's an even further market penetration of guys that smoke twice a year. They go golfing and they buy their Romeo Reservas. You know, right. now again, that's not that many cigars, but there's way more people that are like that than people that consistently smoke cigars right. so th th those hundred thousand to a million whatever number of people it is that have the occasional cigar when they buy them they're going to those brands that they know every single time and so you've got to really it takes a lot of work to get that deep into the market and so we're working on that and i'd say we've had some success but like like that that's where the long-term success comes it's it's uh, there's very few cigars that can basically live on um the demographic of the and i use this word lovingly i consider myself one the cigar nerd and, right. and, and if you if you even look at like you know some of the, the the popular guys that really um are are really dominant in that market i mean they, they have models that wouldn't be sustainable for a a, lar a large eye like i always use Viaje as an example like Viaje comes out with i mean he repeats some some projects his his uh his halloween stuff and his uh, his uh holiday series Christmas, and things yeah. like that mm -hmm. yeah but but like it's 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 a different blend it's a different side like like that works for that group because they want something new every time or whether it's a, a cigar club that provides a new thing every month or or, uh, you know, certain companies are, are more geared towards that. You know, they're smaller. It's a couple people. We have a factory uh, that we have to keep running. We can't live off of of consumers that are purely uh, um, looking to try new things all the time. Um, right. Which which I, you know, to I totally understand. I, I like to try new things all the time. But like, like I said, I'm not in indicative of of the average consumer. And, and neither are any yeah. of us. Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly not either. Um, that was a long answer, but that was more or less what. No, that, uh, no, that totally makes sense. Like I said, again, there. I think that there, there. It's it's really important to delineate, and I think that even my audience wouldn't get this. That there's Facebook cigar popular, and then there's actual numbers and metrics popular. And to your point, like JFR is like JFR keeps the lights on. It keeps you employed. It pays you every year. Um, it, you know, it's the reason you know that Agonor Salif is, is in his existence. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that, that group too is also like, we have the Agonor Acolytes group. I mean, that brings enthusiasm that brings people that are passionate. Those people tell other people to try Agonor. So it's a super important group. And that, that group provides the kind of the, 
the the blast that can allow you to get into those other realms. Um, so so I'm not taking anything away with it. Right. We spend a lot of time in making sure to engage um, those consumers and make them feel part of it and make sure they realize how important they are to our success. Right. But like it doesn't just it just doesn't stop there. Like it has to go right. beyond that. Well, framing it, framing the question this way, then, Terrence, like, has Cerebrus penetrated the market the way that you guys expected it to? Well, we, we don't know yet, to be honest with you. It's only been out like, uh, when, did, when did it come out? It came out in 22. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so 18 months. So, it, I mean, it continues to sell. We, we, we continue to, you know, ship it every month. We'll, we'll have, like I said, this year, we're going to have more of a concentrated effort. And, and, and where that is important is that there are a lot of stores that even stores, there's some stores that are not interested in really necessarily the, the fact that it's new. In fact, some, some stores, a lot of stores dislike new things, even, even when they realize it's, or they feel it's important to their, their business and they want, and they, and they actively search out new things there's always kind of like a frustration because they're putting something in, they order sells a few times and then the guy's looking for something else. That's why Lanceros are a tough business for most people is that Lancero smokers, they, they, they'll buy a box, but then they want the next Lancero. And so it's hard to run a business kind of operating on like having a new thing every, every, every month as a retailer. So yeah, even the stores that do embrace it kind of, I, th I think a lot of them, uh, you know, would prefer to have, a, you know, not, not to have it that way if they had a choice. Um, yeah, makes sense. So, it's, so, so that concentrated effort allows you to go in and be like, listen, we're promoting this. We're, we, you know, we're, we, this is, you know, we'll give you an introductory, uh, you know, deal on it so you can get it in the hands of your consumers. We're going to do an event for it so we can introduce it to them and, and, and discuss, you know, th these things. And, and, and I think that will help all our brands, uh, you know further if they're you know if they're there to some degree already further penetrate or if they're not to to, to get in okay. um it's interesting i'm yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see what some of these brands do long term because again the the backbone i feel like the backbone of 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 agonorsa leaf has been you know again leaning leaning on its makeup, you know, lean the, the whole leaf is our strength thing. Like, I think that's, that's, that's letting the cigar kind of speak for itself, you know, in a lot of ways. And, and, uh, you know, I think that the approach has been good for you for, for a while. The, the, the one that I've always can, I've concerns about, I was so excited about the cigar Terrence and, and for whatever reason, it just never hit my palate or I just never had the, the, the smoking experience that I really wanted with it because I was so excited about the tobacco um, the wrapper with it. And so the, there's the guardian of the farm, uh, night watch. And, um, and I think that that cigar is still doing pretty well for you, but I mean, it has, it surpassed the original guardian of the farm or even the Cerberus or is it holding steady? Like, again, I mean, that was a cigar the, really the, 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 the original one had a top 10 rating. So that, again, that is something that gets you into hands that other, you know, otherwise you don't get into. So there's the guys that read the list and they, go out and buy everything on yeah, exactly, the list. There's, exactly, th there's yeah. still people that there's people that still do that. And so like there, the, you have an opportunity inherently with that to get into a deep. So the, the original line is still overall the most successful. Um, 
but the, the, the others, the, the others continue to sell. And like I said, it, like one of, I mean, one of the things we've done, I mean, is we've tried to be a little bit like this past year, we really didn't have, I mean, the 10 by hundred was, was a small, ultimately in the drop in the bucket of things. It was 2,500 sticks. Uh, we, we had the, the anniversarial Connecticut, which was just two sizes. Um, we had uh, the rare leaf uh, Maduro, which is only for select accounts. So you're, there's a limit to how many people even have access to that. Um, because you have to spend a lot of time building these things. It just, it just takes, it just takes time to, to get it. De- Again, even like one of the things that like we've never been big with uh, Eduardo would always say our, our money goes to the tobacco, but it's, it's swag for instance. I mean, like, and so we, we recently did some, uh, some Cerberus swag, uh, the, you know, the, the shirts and things like that uh, because there's people that that's what they really like you know they they, yeah. they like that they'll they like that stuff uh and and they want that and and again as i said as you go deeper into the market uh to penetrating the market you 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 have to like you're not going to get those people without that stuff uh if you want them you know and and so you have to have these things and so there like i said we're putting a more conservative effort to like move beyond the and really it's more crucial than ever for that because with covid covid was a situation which will probably never happen again in our lifetime or at least you probably hope for the sake of society is that people had yeah no shit nothing nothing <laughs> they 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 literally had nothing to do except drink and smoke and maybe build a, a a deck in their yard or whatever and so you have a person that let's say they after work a couple times a week they stopped off at their cigar bar cigar and lounge and they had a cigar too so you're talking about a guy that went from, let's just say, three to six cigars a week, and now he's sitting at home with a government check. He doesn't. He can't go on vacation. He can't go to a restaurant. He can work from home, and now he's smoking three, four, five cigars a day. What what, what percentage increase is that? That's what you're talking a thousand, you know, thousand yeah, percent, percent increase. Yeah. You know, it's nuts. So so that's totally unsustainable. Now that we're more similar to a a, a you know a normal environment. So whoever you have, whether you have a, a, a million people or you have a thousand people or whatever it is, either have less time or less money or both. And right. so they can't consume or purchase the way they did during COVID. So right. the only way to combat that is to get is to acquire more people to make up for it. And so uh, our, our goal this year and our goal last year was we need more people. We need to have more people uh, that uh, are, are enjoying uh, validating Agonors. And, uh, and, and, and that's been successful. Again, we, we were our proprietary brands again, were, were up last year, um, which to be honest with you, it was the, probably the, the, the smallest increase that we've, we've had since I've been with the company, but, but I, honestly, I'm, I'm most proud of it because how, 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 you know, it takes a lot of work just to keep your, your, your number when you, when you, when you have to make up 10 cigars per customer almost, you know, uh, per week. Think about, think about that. How, how many people do you have to bring in to, to your brand to, to compensate for that? So we're, we're, we're doing it. It's we're, we're, we're growing. We just have to keep on it and keep, and keep penetrating into the market um, for uh, more deeply. Yeah. I think the, uh, I, I really like the approach that you guys are taking. Cause again, like you, 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 you talked about the what's new, what's new crowd. And I think a lot of manufacturers, unfortunately, kind of bend to that, to that that point. 
a lot, and that's why we see new releases constantly. And 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 that's to say that's not to say that you guys haven't. You've had quite a few new releases since you started with the company, um, you know. But I think the approach that may be different is you guys are looking at this more long term. You're looking at this. You're not looking at the next quarter. You know, you're looking at the next. You know, thirty six. You know, the next you know, thirty six months. You're looking at the next. You know, yeah, like well, like the new like the, the new Cuba Superior. That's going to be a slog. You've got to get that in people's mouths, and, that, and the consumer that will smoke that is a hard customer to kind of to kind of get. So that's going to take a lot of work to really make that. I think it's going to be successful, but I think it's gonna it's going to take more work than it will take if we come out with some limited edition thing that there's a, among our core group is there's an immediate appeal for. Um, and so you've got, you've got to take that approach uh, again. And we, we, we built our company on, you know, it's not a cult of personality company. It's not a, it's not a lifestyle company. It's about the tobacco. It's about the signature flavor we have, but you have to, you have to market that properly. Again, I haven't created any blends here. Like, like I haven't like brought in some new tobacco that they weren't using before, right. you know, from, from somewhere. And then suddenly everybody liked the cigars more or something like that because of that. Like the growth has been from the engagement, from the education, from these types of things. The best cigar you've never heard of is one you don't smoke. And if you don't relate to it, you don't smoke it either. You go, you smoke it one time and you go, oh, that was a good cigar. And then you move, what else you got? And so like right. the process is, is brand recognition. If they don't hurt, if they've never heard of it, they don't smoke it. Brand understanding, they've got to understand it uh, and, and see them and identify with it in some way is something um, that appeals to them. And then brand passion where you, like they're actively going out and like saying, hey, Barry, I just had this for Maganorsa. You, you've got to, you've got to try it. Dang and so we, 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 we want to like, and so, again, some of those are long-term things. And sometimes we, we make a change again. Coop is always like, ah, oh, you changed the packaging. Like, like, like uh, when you, when you change, when you, ch if we see, we can do it better. I don't see what, like, we're not going to say, oh, well, we, we only changed this two years ago. We'll, we'll just keep it that way. Like there's, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like just keep and then if it if it's if if you don't have to you know or if if that change won't help then yeah of course that doesn't make any sense but if you can make an adjustment that will improve the uh you know the the brand understanding or the brand passion or the or be more enticing to awareness or or whatever it is let's do that let's not say oh well we you know it's it's not been long enough we can't do that yet you know let's let's mm -hmm. Let's let's make adjustments to the extent that we need to make them right away. But the the approach is overall is long term. You you have to you have to give it the time. I mean, it takes a while to to get people to kind of fall into try something you know, new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not and then not only try it, but then to then to to try it again and then right. come to understand it and then and then come to really be an active. Um, supporter of it you know that's a that is a, a process um and and so i think we've done a good job but yeah there's a, there's a long ways to go yeah i think the the hard that it's from because i mean i as you know terrence i worked retail for a long time the easiest sale the easiest sale was always the first one yeah it's getting that customer to come back and like you said remember the cigar pinpoint the cigar because i'm not always going to be there not that I was the only one that worked in the shop, mind you, but I, I'm not always going to be there to remember like, Hey, remember the Cerebrus? You like that cigar. Like, go ahead and go back to it. You know, it's, it, it's creating retail, a smoker, you know? Yeah. The, the retailer, all he can do is basically the, uh, provide access. One, he has to have it in the store. And then two, if, 
preferably, and that's a partnership with, you know, getting the, you know, getting the, the employees to try it and explaining it to them and talking about it and everything like that and making sure it's, you know, a cigar that's right for their store and right for their staff and everything like that. There's, there's all those things to, that you have to, you have to do, but beyond that, then it's, then it's on us really. I mean, it's, it's our responsibility to, to get that person uh, back after you've introduced it to them. So that 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 pro- that's not and that's not an easy thing it takes it takes time and it takes energy and it it, it takes a, a a lot of touches um for that to for that to, to that that kind of transformation to occur sure well terrence thank you so much uh for for kind of going back a little bit this year and kind of reviewing some of the things and again with the recent past and and, and again we're on this show we've got some fun questions to conclude our evening coming up and we got plenty of show left i mean we're not going anywhere but we do have some of our fun questions that we'd like to get to and we'll be talking a little bit more about some more agonorsis stuff here in just a few moments but um just uh we'll go ahead and kick things off with our presidential trivia segment which is always brought to you by united cigar don't worry terrence it's multiple choice but hey we're talking about history it's not like you uh don't have any uh don't have any background there, so you certainly do. So this this, this is going to be right up your alley. There's a lot of history, though. Keep that in mind. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I, I think you'll appreciate the subject matter and the question itself. So it's always brought to you by United Cigars, which is featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, the Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke once a day and start living united. So uh, Terrence, one of uh, our presidents... Uh, was very, very well-read individual, much like you. Uh, Thomas Jefferson uh, loved to read. That was his great. It was his favorite and greatest pastime. And uh, education was big with him. You know, one of his. This is a guy who wrote the Declaration of Independence, and he still, he still to this day, obviously to this day being dead. But yeah, I mean, on his gravestone, one of his uh, proudest things was he put he was the first president of the University of Virginia. You know, so he valued education. And uh, read, read a lot of Tacitus too. Yes. So here's the question, the trivia question for you. What language did Jefferson prefer to read in? Was it A, well, German? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You wait. No, 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 no. You go on. Now give me choices. Okay. okay. A, German. Yeah. B, Latin. C, English. D, Gaelic. Or E, French. So German, Latin, English, Gaelic, or French. It's it's Latin or French. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. It's, it's, I I know you read Latin because you read Tacitus, and a lot, in fact, a lot of the political theory of the the early, you know the, of the revolution is from you know the Republic. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say French, but it could be Latin. Oh man, you should have gone with it. The classic. It's Latin. It's Latin. Not it's not. He, he preferred to read in 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 Latin, huh? Correct. Yes, he preferred to read in Latin. Yeah. So uh, he did have a he did have a nice uh, little quote. I love reading this quote uh, regarding our good friend Bill Shakespeare that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Thus, a lively and lasting sense of duty is more affectionate, uh, effectually impressed on the mind of a son or daughter by reading King Lear. And by all the dry volumes of ethics and divinity that have ever were ever been written, I uh, thought that was uh, an incredible insight. So read more Shakespeare to your kids, everybody. That's what he said. Yeah. 
when when, uh, when when Kennedy had the Nobel Prize winners in the uh, to the White House, he said there hasn't been this much intelligence here since Jefferson. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I I love this. I'll, I'll share this. Will be in the show notes and everything. But I loved looking this up. There, uh, there's this website uh, called Get Get Act Get Action, and uh, it's uh, um, and uh, there's the preferred uh, preferred reading list, the recommended uh, reading list by Thomas Jefferson. It's quite a lengthy list, but I think you'd appreciate uh, being the classics and everything. So, uh, he you know. Uh, you know, Hereditus, uh, Theostocles, uh, Caesar, Josephus, Tacitus, as you mentioned, the annals and histories of, of by Tacitus was, is on the list. Thucydides? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Plato, Cicero, the works of Cicero, Morals by Plutarch, uh, Seneca, uh, more, uh, Moral uh, Epistles and Essays by, uh, by Seneca, John Locke, you know. So, I mean. It's a good, uh, it's a good reading list. Yeah, it's pretty extensive. Like I was like, Jesus, man. So like, I mean, on the that that's just some of the the the, the ancient classic stuff. Uh, um, the literature and epic poetry and plays, you know, it goes back, you know, Homer, Virgil, John Milton, uh, Euripides, uh, Horace, you know, of course, Bill Shakespeare's on there. Um, interesting. He was a big fan of Jonathan Swift, which I thought was interesting. Um, the Irishman. Yeah, it seemed a little it seemed a little whimsical for him. You know, a little bit more entertaining, I suppose. Like he, you know, again, he concentrated so much on more like logical pieces and everything like that, but it, like, apparently was a big fan of 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 Jonathan Swift and also loved Don Quixote, which is actually kind of fitting. He was kind of an idealist, you know, obviously. So that's yeah. kind of, you know, you know, very quick sonic character, very, you know, so that's that, that's very much Thomas Jefferson, so I thought that was pretty appropriate too. Um but um, also love the Canterbury Tales, apparently too. So, I mean, I mean, this guy read Josser. all the fucking time, man. I mean, he he uh, he invented the lazy Susan. Yeah, that's right. He, he, he had one read. in uh, in Monticello. He's got yeah. one in Monticello. Yeah. yeah, so he could read multiple books at once. It wasn't for you know, pass the pass the spices, please. I want the salt. So he was, uh, yeah. no, it was it was about reading books. You have to keep in mind that uh, you know the reason people read. Is that in northern climates at least, there was nothing to do between like November and April. Right. <laughs> and right. so and so you had a lot of time to kind of dedicate to to reading, which is, you know, it's a difficult art, you know. You gotta you look at a bunch of letters and that forms words, and words are turns into thoughts, and it's not an easy right writing is not easy, and you know, to be a good reader is not easy either. Did you enjoy writing, Terrence? Like again, I, I, do. I know you. I know you had to write a lot of papers, obviously, and and I, I some of your airport posts, notwithstanding. So you do enjoy writing, okay? I love writing. I would. I would have. You know, I would. If I wish I had more time to dedicate to it. It's uh, the, air, the airport posts and things like that are kind of like just uh, a fun thing to like because you can write that in a few minutes or whatever. And uh, like re- writing is very difficult, and like anything worth, re- you know, doing. You know, if you to do it well is uh is is really a full-time job uh or or would require more time and dedication than i i currently have but i i I do enjoy it have you thought i mean given your backgrounds your expertise your talent i mean have you thought about doing writing a history of cigars or or even like even more even more narrow maybe a history of 
you know, Eduardo and his family or something. I mean, cause there's gotta be some fascinating things with just that family, not to say that they, I mean, the entire industry of course is in its whole would be a fascinating history. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not, I'm less interested in kind of the, the inequality, you know, the, the factual it's not that I, I don't enjoy reading that sometimes, but like, I wouldn't necessarily want to write about that, you know, kind of like a happen then B happen then C happen that kind of thing. Like I even less anthology, I was, like more. Yeah. I, I'm much more interested in kind of, you know, the, the ideas behind, behind things. Um, I don't know if that would work as well with like a, a history of the cigar industry or something like that. I, I mean, I think it could, I mean, an exploration into like why, you know, why tobacco and not, potatoes or you know i mean or some like that's, it, that's a really elementary comparison but like i don't know that that could be worth exploring too yeah well i mean you also well one you have to be able to grow it but also you have to keep in mind that <laughs> the, 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 if you look at what, what comes from the new world you know sugar tobacco it's it's stuff that that creates a you know a high for lack of a better term it's a uh, it, it's it's, it it's substance better terrence that's what it makes things yeah better. yeah like, <laughs> yeah but that but that's but that without i mean you know once people start enjoying whereas you know the potato i guess you have to eat so uh, you know that yeah. stuff is is important but like uh, a, a lot of it was simply that it was stuff that once people had they they wanted to have it again yeah yeah well, I mean, even going back to like the East Indian Trade Company, I mean, tea was the was a hot commodity. So, I mean, it's oh, okay. So, like, caffeine. So, the yeah, third so, thing. So, yeah, yeah that's the, I forgot that one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, interesting. Yeah, that it's an interesting observation. Interesting take. I think that. Uh, well, I mean, if, I think if anyone could, I think if anyone thing would write it from that perspective, you know, a little bit more analytical to just put a blanket phrase on it. I mean, I, I I'd be fascinated to read it from from your perspective, too, yeah. And like and honestly, it would be it would be even harder to do that because the, and that kind of stuff you really have to get your facts. So you, you it require research, you know. And and I just don't have time for that stuff. But yeah. but uh, but yeah, yeah, I I do enjoy writing quite a bit. And you know, in another life, I would have I would have done that. Maybe your maybe your golden years, maybe a golden years retirement. Something to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. It will be the greatest day of our lives when we read that, when we read that book. <laughs> Absolutely. So, greatest ever whole lives. What, um, do you have, do you, uh, again, being the history background there again, and again, your, your view of history is less about dates and fact, probably you and I have a very different appreciation of history. I think, um, I think I'm, I, I do get lost in the, the facts and the connections and the connecting of the dots and stuff like that. I think you look at it from a more like peel back the layers approach, like in layers and layers and layers. You you really kind of want to get into, which I freaking love. I think that's awesome. But um, but who's your favorite president? Do you have one? Have you thought about it? Or is that too elementary of a question? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um... I, I would I don't know if favorite is the right word. I think I think Nixon is super interesting. Nixon is a really interesting guy, uh, which is more recent history. If you look at him, he, he was an amazing politician. He he quite frankly probably actually won the 60. You know, they talk about election fraud. Oh, I mean, it, 
Kennedy, you know, were stu- they were stuffing ballots like crazy in Chicago. They made a deal with the mob and everything. And so it was the closest election. I think, I don't know if it's still the closest election ever, but at the time it was the closest election ever. Loses that, loses the governorship of California. He's kind of basically politically dead, comes back. And again, Nixon is responsible, I mean, for the EPA. There would have been national health care under Nixon. Ted Kennedy actually rejected the deal, ironically. Uh, wow. There, you know, That's there right. was, so he, he's, he's, he, I mean, he opens China. Um, he's, he's a to me he's a like he's a fascinating president in the sense that he he got a lot done whether you like him or not like but but like the the two presidents that probably got the most hated guy probably i mean outside of i'm not going to talk about most of the recent politics because that's a little too recent yeah yeah it's yeah let's not even talk about like well no and you can't judge that yeah that's been my no that's been my that's been my point about biden and, and trump and even obama it's too young. It's recent history. It's yeah, too yeah. recent for for history to judge it properly. Like there's there's an apocryphal uh, story about like uh, a Chinese uh, ambassador was asked what they thought about the French Revolution, and they said and it was like I think it was like a hundred years after the revolution or something or 50 years. And he, and he was, he said too soon to tell. I don't think that's actually a true story, but uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's relevant. It, yeah, it's it illustrates, it, it, it uh, illustrates the, the point. Well, that, you know, you don't know what stuff, you know, what the significance of things are until a lot of times long after yeah, the fact. Time. Yeah, exactly. So I think we can, again, even, and, and even Nixon is recent too in that aspect, but yeah, it's a, the, the the point I was going to make is he he is the most hated president in history, and and but yeah but you like everyone's judged on you know you know his greatest error his greatest mistake rather than what like his what his presidency actually yeah know. I mean he was also it's another thing that he wasn't li- like like he wasn't like again if you look at do use somebody on the other side that's kind of similar is uh is uh. Lyndon Johnson, LBJ, LBJ again, like great society. I mean, he passed like like people talk about like Kennedy. Kennedy really didn't do anything. I mean, he wasn't president that long. He got killed only in his third year. Yeah. But like, but he didn't like. He, there was really nothing that he did. Like, like the the two presidents that kind of did the most of the of the past. You know, other than other than from Roosevelt on, because Roosevelt did a lot of stuff. But yeah. from Roosevelt on, the Four two terms. presidents that that really did the most was really in terms of passing legislation and doing like really heavy changes to government and everything uh, is, is, uh, is, is Nixon and, and Johnson and neither one is well was, they weren't popular. They, they, they weren't charismatic people. They like, they didn't have that, that kind of uh, that charisma that, that uh that kennedy that, did or clinton yeah. you know or things like that yeah, yeah. like yeah or, or reagan or or yes. you know, yeah yeah and uh and, and so i i i find the both of those presidents interesting presidents again if you're those are more modern i mean for the founding fathers jefferson's obviously uh a really interesting guy i i like him a lot andrew jackson's an interesting guy oh, andrew God. jackson he threatened to hang uh john c calhoun uh for trying to secede <laughs> It's a, he he had been in duels. He had, yes. he had a bullet yes. above his yes. heart. Exactly. Beat yeah. beat a so, beat a beat a would be the assassin almost to death. Yeah. People yeah. pulled the president off of a guy from killing the guy <laughs> who was going to kill the president, the who happened to be Andrew Jackson. He's beating him to death with a cane, and people are pulling Jackson off of him. It's my favorite yeah. fucking story. 
It's great. Lincoln, it's an all-time Lincoln, classic. Lincoln's a great uh, – uh, Lincoln's fa- – I studied Nixon uh, – excuse me, uh, Lincoln a lot. Lincoln is really a, a fascinating president. He's a, he's really cool. There's a lot There's a lot of guys that are – a lot of the presidents are, are interesting. I, and I love this part of history. I got I, – I, I've mentioned this before, but all, Oliver Nouveau, who, who, who yeah. come up with this concept, obviously – he asked me, he's like, Bear, what, what is that? He's like, you, you know, all this stuff about presidents. Like, what is your fascination with it? I was like, it, it really goes into the fact, it, it really boils down to the fact that it's, these are fascinating men that are just in history that just, I mean, they're probably some of the most fascinating men in our, in our country's history, simply because, I mean, they're, they're just such unique characters and individuals and, and the, the way that they, they helped, they shaped our country. To what it is today like it or not you know van, Bu- van van buren on uh, his first language was uh dutch was dutch yes absolutely yep. um you know chester arthur it's 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 even question about if he, if he was even eligible to be president if he was actually born in america yeah you no know, like just crazy i mean just crazy stuff like i mean the most polarizing people in our in our nation's history because every day they woke up and half the country hated them and half of them loved it you know? Do you remember the? Do you remember the 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 president? I can't remember who it is now. But one, he could you could say something in English, and he could write with in one hand in ancient Greek, and the other hand in Latin. He could translate it. Oh, there's a, there's, um, who is it? Is it Hayes? No, no, it wasn't Hayes. Um, he's in eighteenth. He's in the eighteen hundreds. I can't remember. I can't remember who it is now. It might have been Arthur. Arthur. Um. Oh gosh. Uh yeah, maybe it was Arthur. Yes, I think it was Arthur, actually. Uh I might be wrong about that too. But um yeah, but I think that's well, right. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating just fascinating individuals with just incredible you know, incredible skill sets and stuff. And you know, like you know, like I mean the three three of the most I think, you know, the bottom of the barrel, like Nixon, Jackson, Warren G. Harding, like all just I mean, Warren G. Harding was the most corrupt person to ever take office. Yeah. I mean, that you said you said, you said Nixon, Harding, and who was the third? Who was the other one you said? Jackson. Just I oh, mean, Jackson. I mean, they're just yeah. I mean, I mean the way, especially with Jackson. I mean, just like some of the things about him in particular are just very it's, despicable. It, 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 it's well, also you have to remember it's a different period of time. Yeah. I mean, Nixon's oh, yes, more recent, but like, uh, but like it's funny that he's on the twenty dollar bill. He hated the concept of federal money. Like yes, that's ironic. Yeah, yeah, he didn't like. Uh, I th- again, I think it, at the end of the day, you know, even the worst president, it's very difficult to become president, and it's a very difficult position. Right, exactly. And like, exactly. I actually again. So you said Nixon is, but like, I would. I mean, you're talking about per, you're talking about their effectiveness as president, or you're talking about their character as character. being the bottom of the barrel. Char- okay, character, character, character yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. But, but so like again, Nixon, like if you if, like the the best politicians are usually not great people. If you look at like British politics, like Disraeli, Disraeli was kind of oh, he wasn't God. like a, a great, but he was a great politician. Like yeah. like Bismarck. Well, his rival Gladstone, yeah, they both they were both terrible people. <laughs> well, but, well I, I don't know. Gladstone kind of he took it very seriously. He was religious. He, I mean, again, whether you like his views or not, but he was very serious about the position and like what he believed. And he was like, whereas Disraeli was kind of like a, a real politic guy, like Bismarck. Bismarck literally said, they're, they're like, what's what do you attribute 
forget what the exact question was, but it was something along like, like, what do you attribute England in success to her? And he says, it's, you know, he says it's the Jew, you know, who referring to Disraeli. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and so if you look at a lot of the best politicians, they weren't the nicest people because it's, if you're not a, a dictator, you have to get other people to go along with what you do, which means sometimes being on one side and sometimes being, like, like yeah. Cicero, I, I think his brother, his brother, his, his brother either writes to him or he writes to his brother. I can't remember, but like, it's this thing about running for office and it's like, make promise everything. Like if you can end up making, if you can keep those promises, great. If not, people have short memories. He has this like whole thing about like Where it running for office. Matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and again, and again, like, like, or how they would bring it, like, you know, Cicero's was the most famous, like a uh, Roman lawyer of his day. Again, again, he would bring in, like, if he was defending somebody who would bring in like a fake family from the street and pay them to cry about like, Oh, my father and everything. Like, like, like so like, I, I don't know if being like the most moral person is necessarily uh, you know, helps you for the job, to be honest with you. I think a, a lot of people have been really good pre presidents or been effective presidents. Again, whether you, you, you believe what they were doing was right, but they were, they were able to implement it. Like they were, they were yeah. able to do something like we're, we're like a Carter was like not a good guy, but like got nothing done, you know, and, yeah. and it was basically a disaster. So, you know, uh, you, you can, you know, sometimes, uh, it's it's interesting how you know. Well, I think that's I think that that goes to show there's this like that you know again history judges character and history judges success and failure in a lot in a in a very different construct and they forget that one I think people forget and they, and this is even relevant to today when you know with the whole you know cancel culture and things like that people forget that people are human and and leaders and and you know the leaders especially you know historical leaders are just you know they, they have they have terrible flaws even people that are widely regarded i mean like they're they're things said about gandhi holy shit martin Luther gandhi King, was a terrible yeah, he was martin terrible King by the way gandhi by the way and a lot of yeah. indians don't even like gandhi by the way he, he like uh christopher hitchens his last essay before he dies is like an anti-gandhi essay about how he like destroyed india and yeah yeah you know he, he which he had he had a lot of number one he wanted to be called mahatma which means great spirited imagine a person like imagine a u.s president being like i want to be called great spirited like that should be my <laughs> name like he, he like he, he he would he was mad at the the president of pakistan whose name slips my mind for because he wouldn't he wouldn't refer to gandhi that way and then he his his like he just wanted like to not have he basically was like a peaceful isis he wanted to go back to like a time that didn't exist he wanted to get rid of technology he wanted he like birth control it was abstinence he, his like his whole worldview he called hitler his friend he wrote hitler letters saying my friend you like all the all this like he he's like, like shit yeah. he, he was not a good leader like they, like india had so many terrible problems because of him but because they like his like you know his moral viewpoint like that he has this reputation of kind of like this, you know, saint or whatever, he, he, yeah. but he, he wasn't, he, I mean, he wasn't a great, a great leader of, of India. And again, if you ask a lot of Indians, especially like Sikhs and things like that, like they, they hate them. Like they, they, they don't like them at all. So yeah, again, you, you can't, I always say like, we're doing stuff right now that in a hundred years people are going to be like those guys were a bunch of scumbags like well, oh can you right. believe that they were eating animals or that they drove gas 
lean powered or whatever, whatever. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Like, so you think that yeah. like in 1760, you would have been the guy that was like, like a modern person back then that you, you know, you, you, you would have like had all these views that we have today. You wouldn't have been that, that way. You, yeah. you, would have, you know, not, not you, but like the right. people that kind of like have this view of the past. That's that. It, oh, well, they, you know, they weren't like how we are now. So therefore they're, you know, bad or whatever. Yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. I think the people, the reason people followed the likes of Jefferson Adams, Washington, you know, um, you know, you know, Hank, Hank, you know, I, I love the story about John Hancock. It will, uh, just because, I mean, I mean, talk about a guy after his own self-interest. I mean, he was not a revolutionary. He did not hate the British. The reason he hated the British government is because of taxation. Cause it, it, he was a businessman cost him no. a lot of money. <laughs> Which, by the way, the the taxing wasn't even really unreasonable. It like wasn't. The, compared to it was, speaking, they paid higher taxes in England. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it was basically to fund the French Indian War, which was, which, which was fought basically to benefit the colonists. Like, yeah, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. I mean, it was kind of a you know. I mean, I think I've heard number like only like thirty percent of people supported the revolutionaries. It wasn't like there was like everyone was like oh you know it wasn't like the yeah. whole country rose up there was tons of loyalists and and yeah. people that were like why would we want to leave england it's great you know uh, so you know again the, you you get to look back and you get to judge but it's a different story when you're there well yeah i mean the the, con- the first continental congress you know was you know like they they were basically you know i mean it, it's it's a heralded place now in history and we you know we, we we've set up a shrine to it but like you know, it was a, at the time it was a broom closet, man. It was just guys getting together and 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 putting together a Declaration of Independence. I still think, I mean, Jefferson did a gr- brilliant job. I think it's the greatest piece of American writing, I and mean, you you probably can disagree with that, given your given your background. But I think it's the greatest piece of American writing history. Uh, but that notwithstanding, I mean, it was still done, you know, by with a group of uh, a very much of a minority, like you said, thirty percent. You know, I mean, that's. <laughs> that's that's insane you know to think about it from perspective so yeah yeah good stuff good stuff well that was i mean we digressed a few times we even got a gandhi, a gandhi reference in there but that was really yeah. great uh this was the president you, you brought him up you brought him I up did, i did i did yeah no yeah. no all fault to me this is what i love about this question it just the, the segment goes everywhere which is great this this was the presidential um Trivia segment, well, which was always brought to you by United Scars, featuring Lagia and Ivana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, the Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabate Byron. And now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco, smoke one today, and start living united. Uh, so Terrence, this next segment is our kind of our rapid fire segment. I call it this or that. Very simple. I'll give you two things and you pick one. So... Nothing, nothing too, uh, nothing too nuts here. So some of these are cigar related. Some of these have some stuff to do. Some of these are just random. Uh, but wanted to, uh, wanted to kind of go through through stuff here. So uh, here we go. So uh, uh, Jack London or Stephen Crane, two American novelists. For those yeah, of you, people yeah, out there, don't know. This. In terms of who's better, or who, who you know. Who do you prefer? It's it, up to your interpretation. Who do you like to read? Who do you think's better? Like, however you want to characterize. I, I, I'll it. I'll say Jack, not because I think he's a better writer, but because I think it's kind of like a a nice, a, a, a true American writer is Jack London. Yeah. Do you have a? So you said you don't think he's a good writer? No, not that I don't. Not that I don't think he's good. He's not like a great writer. I mean, he's he. I, I you know, I he's a young kids writer. I read like a, the Call of the Wild and White Fang when I was a kid. You know, but they're not like 
you know, great works of American literature. You know? Okay. Well, here's two, here's two satirists for you, but two di- very different people. And I think I know the answer, but I thought it'd be interesting anyway. Voltaire or Mark Twain? Oh, Mark Twain. Oh, God, I love you, Terrence. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> okay. Talk going into cigars now. Figurato or Lancero? Figurato. Okay, that's interesting to me. I know you, you mentioned Lancero's earlier. I like Lancero's. I have a love-hate relationship with Figurato's, I feel like. I think Figurato's are, are more kind of... I th- I think you get kind of the, the, like people always say with Lancero is the complexity of Lancero and the different you know and I think the Figurato is equally difficult to make and I think you know it's kind of a cigar that requires like a patience you know you got to wait for it to open up unless you cut off you know the end which I don't agree with but but you know you and you got to get that moment where suddenly it opens it's that really nice moment where that draw you know it just gets about Bob, so. you get through the taper and. So I, I'll say a figurato. I know Skip was in the chat a few minutes ago, but like I, I, I still characterize the Neanderthal as a, as a figurato. I think a figurato is a very general word for like just oddly shaped cigar, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm talking about a more traditional one, but you know, I get yeah, I guess there could be yeah, you're right, there could be a lot of you know, I guess I was really thinking perfecto because yeah, anything you know, a torpedo is a figurato, I guess. You know? Yeah. So, but like the 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 the, uh, the I always said like the Neanderthal ends up popping open like at the very like after a first couple of puffs because of that uh, the way that it's yeah changed. yeah yeah it's like slight yeah slight taper there yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i like that i like how it suddenly opens and yeah for sure yeah i guess that's a good point i i think it's i think i have a love hate with it because for so long when i first got into smoking you know 20 plus years ago now god i'm getting old but when i started i mean everyone was making that was when torpedoes were all the rage everyone was making a torpedo and not everyone made torpedoes well and they a lot of them sucked. And my, God, Manolo, still... my uncle, that was always his favorite. That's he likes the tor- he likes the, the torpedo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, we he had like, that. Like... We had that conversation when I had him on. I had him on for my 250th take. That was such. Uh, that was he did he did that. He it was like four o'clock in the morning. He was up. He was in Spain, and and uh, and he's like, yeah, I'll get up and I'll do the show with you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it was a great conversation. But we talked about that. We talked about his favorite Vitola. It's nuts. Um. Um, but uh, next up, here we go. Straight cut or V cut? Yes, I, I would say straight cut, uh, just because it's the it's the safest cut. You know, basically that's how kind of cigars were always cut and kind of you know intended to be. The v, although I like the V, I have no problems with the V cut. I usually, if I do a V cut, though, I'll do the double cut. I'll do one way and then the other way. But I have nothing against the V cut. But if I have to pick one, I'd I'd say the straight cut. I uh, yeah I straight cut everything I always have. I was surprised when I first learned this. John McTavish of developing palettes. He, he speaks V cut on good it. old John, a good Canadian. V-cut. Yeah, V cut everything. I was really really surprised by that. I don't know why, but yeah, he V cuts everything. The first time I saw V cut was actually in Canada. That uh, like they had that. Uh, who was it? That it was it uh, Calibri. I think they had that that. That D- big, cut. yeah, yeah, DV. I mean, I don't know if that was the first time I saw, it, but I definitely, but that cutter was super popular up there when I was there, and and that was the first time I think I had really seen the at least the deep V cut. You know, I, I don't know if I'd seen it before. Yeah, um, so maybe that's why it was a popular Canadian thing. Maybe, yeah, might be it. 
Um, okay, so your khakis have to go, and this is different. So dress blasphemy, pants, dress pants or shorts. So dress pants being something that goes with a suit, not khakis. So your suit pants dr- dr- or shorts. Dr- dress dress pants. I, again, I grew up in New England, and it was an adjustment. Just to be honest with you, when I st- first started, I I wore suits, but but like a lot of the country, you'd go and they'd be like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why are you dressed this way? They thought it was kind of weird, and. Uh, in, you know, New, New England, it's still common to, you know, the Northeast and Chicago area. But like for a lot of the country, kind of being decked out all the time, you know, is, uh, you know, is weird. So I, I wanted to create a more kind of, I guess, uni- universal look that wasn't, a, you know, milk toast. It was milk toast and kind of not appealing to anybody. So the khakis and the polo took over. Yeah. Uh, well, if you were dressed in suits all the time, they either thought you worked for Nat Sherman or Nick Perdomo, I guess. So that was probably confusing. Or- yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so okay. So, so, speaking of your signature look, the polo and khakis, one has to go. Which one's which one are you toss them? Oh, geez, that's tough. I think the khakis. I like I as much as I love the khakis. The polo is really just a wonderful shirt. It's comfortable. Looks a little dressy, but not too dressy. You can almost go in any environment with a polo shirt. It's always kind of acceptable. Okay. Uh, Red Sox or Pats? Now I would, as a kid, it was definitely Red Sox. I would say now it, it more the more the Pats between the two. I, just because it's easier to follow the Patriots is one game a week. For, for I, I don't have time to watch 162 games of baseball. And I just I don't I don't have the connection with the players I had when I was a kid. Where I mean, when I was a kid, I if I missed the you know either watching or attending five games a year, that was a lot. I mean, up from the time I was about ten till my early twenties, I didn't miss games. I mean, I I saw every game, and and then the same thing with the Bruins. I was I would see every Bruins game. Um, so when I was younger, it went uh, Patriot. Excuse me, it went to Red Sox, Bruins. Uh, Patriots Celtics and, and to be honest with you as I was a very young kid I liked the Dolphins my father's from Miami yeah. so I always I always liked the Dolphins too so the Patriots were, were third but as, as time has gone on and you know I have less time to kind of follow these things the way I used to um, I, I Patriots number one now okay so I want to I want to take take a sidebar real quick uh, so I mean I think because I think you're a couple years younger than me, maybe. Um, How old are you? I'm 40. Oh, no, I'm older. I'm 40. I'll be 43 this year. Oh, really? Okay. I thought for some reason you were younger. Thank, thank uh, you, though. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, okay. So, okay. So, this question might be appropriate. What? I, I, this is the greatest, to me, this is the greatest mystery because then he went, he, at the end of his career, he went and played international for a couple seasons and then he was done. What the hell happened with Mike Greenwell? Why, why didn't he have Mike a long- Gre- why didn't he have a longer career? He was a great player. He swung at the first pitch too much. He loved okay. swinging at that first pitch. Well, was bad. And he got, certainly and, didn't and, reflect it. And 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 he, he got injured a lot towards towards the, he he started to get injured a lot. Okay. He his his last couple of years he was he was he was injured. But I, I you know it's funny he was my favorite player as a kid. Oh, that's he was funny. my favorite. He, he I heard him hit an inside the park grand slam against the Yankees on the radio. I remember because like oh, uh, I didn't ha- I didn't have Nesson as a kid, 
So like, oh, not when I was very young, when, we, when I got older, I had it. But but when I was, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, we didn't have Nesson. And so the Nesson games I heard on the radio and I, I heard him, you know, he, he had for the cycle. He, he should if if uh, if uh, Canseco didn't do steroids, he was the MVP for uh, eight, I think it was 88 that yeah. Canseco was the MVP, but he was number two. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he was. A, he, I don't know. He's a fantastic player, man. I mean, I think. I mean, if if Wade if Wade Boggs isn't on that team, in those years, like he's the most popular Red Sox. I think. Uh, he was my favorite player. Yeah. Really well liked. I really liked him as a kid. Um, I can yeah. I can name that I can name that whole starting lineup for 1990. It was Ellis Burks in center, Tom Bernanski in right, Greenwell was in left. Carlos Quintana was at first base. Jody Reed at second. Luis Rivera at short. Wade Boggs was at, at third. The uh, the catcher was Tony Pena. Pena. The, the starting rotation was Roger Clemens, Mike Boddicker, Greg Harris, and Tom Bolton. The closer was Jeff Reardon. Mike Gray was a middle reliever. I can name those whole teams. It's a, a good squad, man. That was a good squad. The rotation yeah. could have had a little bit more depth. I think that's what probably yeah. didn't. Well, they, they were also in the era of, of the, the A's who somehow didn't win more World Series. But that A's team is like absurd. You have Dave Stewart. Bob Welch won 28 games. Yeah, uh, Ricky Ricky Henderson, if you pick it all, if, if I had to do a, a fantasy baseball team and I'm drafting the number one pick, I'd probably take Ricky Henderson. Jason Henderson had more steals than the entire Red Sox organization until like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it's history. Like from, from the time the Red Sox began until like nine, you know, 2012 or something. I forget what year it is. Yeah. It Ricky Henderson stupid. had more stolen bases. <laughs> yeah. It's stupid. Just unbelievable. It's crazy. Um, all right. Uh, going back to this or that here, let's uh wrap this up here. We've got three more uh, barbecue or Mexican food. Barbecue. Where's where do you barbecue. where do you like to enjoy barbecue? Memphis, Texas, 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 that mesquite, Texas, the best barbecue, man. I love, I love Texas the most. See, this is why you're my favorite, Terrence. All right, fantastic. Um, all right, your cheesesteak, peppers or no peppers. I like peppers on my cheesesteak, but God, I don't even want to say anything about cheesesteaks with between uh, the the cheesesteak Nazis out there. I, you know, you know, you, you, no, the, the thing with cheesesteaks is that wherever, whatever you do, like there's like a slew of people that attack you for it. If you go to this place, if you, if you go to Pat's, they say that Pat's is the worst. You should go to, you should go to uh, Steve's. If you go to Steve's, they say, you know, the D- D- Alessandra's. If you say De Alessandra's, they say where, wherever uh, uh, John's uh, and then, and then whatever you put on there, you put wit, 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 you know, they, 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 then they say you shouldn't do that or you should do that. So whatever you pick for cheesesteaks is a, is a losing proposition. You just go in and enjoy your sandwich and don't even talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Eat, yeah. Yeah. Eat, eat, eat your meat sandwich in peace. That's all. <laughs> all right. Last one. Uh, Cause I know you, I know you have a fondness for both, uh, but beer or spirits. Now that I'm older, I'd probably say spirits. It's you know, but I still like beer quite a bit. But spirits at this stage is probably my preferred of the two. Although you know, I still enjoy my beer. I like my New England hazy IPAs. Yeah. But uh, and you know, and I stout. Um, so I still like I still like beer. But uh, it's as you get older, you know, it fills you up, man. Like you have a couple of beers, and you're kind of like, uh, where, where's 
don't drink as much beer as I used to, man. It just, it, yeah, like you said, if it's very filling, I, I found that I, my, my audience knows this, I'm going to repeat this already for the fifth time, but like, I, I just noticed to start jacking with my heart rate, man, beer spirits, not so much. Like I can drink spirits and I'm fine, but beer started with Jack with my heart rate. Just like, fuck it up. Like I guess it'd go sky high for the rest of the day. But the, la- the last time we, I mean, when we hung out socially, we, you, you, I was your guest at clutch burger, which was awesome. We, we had a few beers there. Um, yeah. Haven't seen as many posts there, man. Have you have you been taking a break from Clutch Burger? Or am I just not seeing it? You're just no, not- no, no, you're very so. My 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 buddy that uh, owned it, uh, so he 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 had a a partner that, uh, um, it was his wife's sister's husband who he's a he's Venezuelan and uh, he during COVID kind of stepped away, but when COVID ended, he, he came back and. There were some, you know, I guess disagreements on how to take things forward, and and uh, so he he sold his 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 share of it. So he's he's not there anymore. He's doing some other stuff, and so I don't go as much since uh, he's not there. Okay, good loyalty, man. I get that. That's cool. All right. Well, that was this or that. So last few questions of the evening, Terrence. We got some more sponsored segments here. Uh, speaking of food, speaking of Clutch Burger, uh, this is our Everybody Eats segment, which was brought to you by Postania Cigars. If you always make sure that your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Postania Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude and grit. With Postania, everybody eats. So, Terrence, I have a series of questions in this segment, but uh, we always pick one. So I, I decided to go with this one. So what is a food or dish that you love that you probably would not have tried if you had not been offered or forced to by someone else. Right. Tongue. I've had uh, lamb's tongue, which I really enjoy. Lamb's tongue. Okay. So not, yeah. not lingua, not cow's tongue. So lamb's tongue. Yeah. I had lamb's tongue, which okay. was uh, very, quite good. Where, uh, where, where did this take place? How'd that happen? So the uh, Manolo uh, Casada, uh, he, he he used to take me to this place called the Bass Club in Miami. It's it's not around anymore, but it, it's basically a bunch of bass guys. We had a, a guy that worked for us who was Basque, and uh, um, he he would bring us there, and we used to eat there. And the meals were amazing. I in fact I ah I was knocked over my phone there. I, I mean I'm so I'm so fond of the place that I just knocked my phone. <laughs> over. So, so uh, excited. Yeah. Um, and uh, we it was. Every meal, you know, bacalao, uh, codfish, uh, like Spaniards can cook, man. And, uh, you know, the Basque people especially. And uh, it was just uh, amazing food. And one time they had lamb's tongue and they were kind of like, oh, you got to try it. You got to try it. And I, I didn't want to like, you know, kind of chicken out. So I tried it and it was uh, it was it was very good. It was it, that that's one of the better things um, you know, that I had that I wouldn't have had otherwise. How was it prepared? Like, what was it? What was it like or? You know, it was, uh, you know, honestly, I, you know, I've only had it a, a, a couple times since then because it's not a common thing that you see that often. No kidding. I can't remember. I, I can't remember how what they how they did it, but it, I just remember. You know, this is like going back, God, 50, close to fifteen years. Um, so yeah, I can't remember exactly how they prepared it, but it it was good. That and another one is sweetbreads. They used too. I know you asked oh. for one. Sweetbreads, sweet just, just I love sweetbreads, but like the thought of what it is is a thalamus, and the, you know, so it didn't sound like something that I would enjoy, but it's delicious. Yeah, yeah it is. High, for sure. high in cholesterol, but delicious. Yeah, definitely. Well, awesome. Well, that was our everybody eats uh, segment sponsored by Prostani Cigars. 
if you always make sure that your servant's style is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Pastani Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude and grit with Pastania. Everybody eats. Now, Terrence, this uh, next one, I this is how long it's been. You haven't participated in any of these segments, so this is interesting. This is kind of getting a first cake uh, on first take on all of these from you. Um, but our next segment is um, our asylum moment. So it's always brought to you, of course, by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It could be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So, Terrence, this segment is about specifically with cigars. Now, obviously, you've you, you've traveled the world your job is to be around people, to get people excited about Agonorsa. You smoke a lot of cigars with a lot of people all the time. Even right now, while you might be by yourself, we're smoke, we're sharing a cigar together just virtually. Um, so you're probably smoking a lot of time with other people. But every so often, we always get that opportunity to smoke a cigar by ourselves. And that could be maybe a cel- silent celebration of something. Maybe it's just a moment of reflection. I know you like to read and smoke. So I know you've probably had a few over the years, but what's a what's a an asylum moment that comes to you where you, it was just you and the cigar, nobody else? What was that moment about? And can you you can remember what were you smoking? Yeah, so I'll t- I'll tell you one that comes to mind right away is when my my son came home from the hospital. And again, you have children, like the enormity of the responsibility really hits home when they come home from the hospital where you're like, okay, you're, you're in charge now. And you're like, wow. You know? And so that kind of was like, you know, so it was the first night and uh, you know, he, he finally went to bed and I went outside and I, it was, it was on St. Patrick's day. Cause he was born on the 15th and he came home on the 17th. And so I went outside and I poured myself a Guinness and I had a Casada 35th anniversary. And I remember sitting there just kind of, you know, soaking in that. All right, buddy, you got a, you got your work cut out for you, you know, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. So that kind of kicked in at that moment. Here's to you. Yeah. The, the, I, I, I actually didn't smoke alone when we brought my first son home from the hospital. I, uh, my best friend came over and we smoked, uh, we smoked a cigar and we did have a beer. It wasn't a Guinness, but we had a beer, smoked a cigar and celebrated my son's birth. And, um, but, and then, and then I didn't sleep for three straight days cause I just watched him cause I was just like terrified you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, responsibility yeah. like i've never i've never there's before you you have a child sleeping and after you have a child sleeping and like i've never slept as as soundly as i did prior to you know plus you get older and then you have sleep problems anyway but but definitely uh <laughs> yes. uh um i've never slept as soundly since since he was born i remember once because again in the beginning plus they wake up all the time you know like so they're they're, they're and uh, I, I was driving I'd barely been sleeping and I was driving to work on the highway and my eyes were open and it started to go dark and my brain was like, all right, I'm out of here. You can, you can do what you want. And so so I I literally pulled over on the side of the highway and, and like slept for like, I'm surprised I didn't get like arrested or something. I was on, you know, I was in the, the, the breakdown lane sleeping for like, I I think I slept for like a half hour and then, you know, woke up and was like, I better get out of here before, you know, somebody shows up and asks why I'm sleeping on the side of the highway. And, uh, you know, and, and, and drove on, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I remember that. I, I mastered the art of power naps in college. Um, and I was, I was, I was pleased that I was able to bring that back once my children arrived. Cause I can, oh, yeah, those con- are great. Con- yeah. Cause I can conk out anytime. It, it amazes people all the time. They're like, man, bear can fall asleep through anything. Like 
I'll just just conk out. And that's I mean that's why I love hats. I'll just pop my brim down over my eyes and I'll just conk out for however long I, I need to. I call that a Reagan. You know, I remember Reagan towards the end. He was getting a little, you know, yeah, you know, he wasn't as sharp as he was. You know, he kind of dozed off a little bit. You know, you, you sleep for a good 10, 15 minutes, you know, take a Reagan. Yep. There you go. Power through. Just create Star Wars in the meantime. So <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Well, awesome. Well, that was our uh, Asylum Moment, which is always brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Well, Terrence, this uh, last question is, our, of course, our final question of the evening. And I just I can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. I I uh, I feel like this 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 show kind of flew by, but we're already past the two uh, two almost uh, almost we're coming up on the three hour mark, which is crazy, uh, or two and a half hour mark at least, um, which is just nuts. Um, but this was a great conversation, and I love having you on the show. I love I love uh, I love talking to you um, both on on a show and and off the show. You're you're one of the most fascinating people in the cigar industry because I think you 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 you. You know, like we were talking about your approach to academia, you're, you you look at things a lot differently than just kind of surface level, which I really appreciate. I mean, that's just kind oh, of thank you. It's a, um, always a pleasure to be on. I I, I I always enjoy the time. I appreciate you having me. So we'll try not to make this uh, the next uh, the next absence uh, go as long as the, the the this this past one. So I apologize for that. But thank you so yeah, much. You're, you're big time now. You know, you got you got bigger fish to fry. Oh, don't start. Uh, not at all, man. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you at PCA this year. So I'll be I'll be there uh, coming up, man. And we're we're six weeks away, pretty much. It's crazy. It's that's fast upon us. It's nuts. So, yeah, I know. I yeah, it's great. You're telling me. <laughs> so this uh, last segment is always brought to you by Dunbart Tobacco and Trust. Yes, it's our curveball segments. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. He did it again, everybody. Nine, count them up, nine consecutive years in the consensus top three, taking home the first two spots this year, the consensus. Um, uh, congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka. So we've talked a lot about your your your, your approach to academia and study and history and, and, and a lot of things tonight, Terrence. Um, but and and I even suggested you writing a book, you know, on the on the the industry and stuff. So I, I wanted to ask this. This is a kind of a two-parter. You know, if I gave you the time, if I gave you the time, what would be the first thing that you would read that you haven't yet? But also, if I gave you the time, the resources, the material, everything, what would you write about? So what would be the first thing you read that you haven't read? What would be What would you write about? I haven't read Anna Karina uh, uh, by Tolstoy. I, w- I would like to read that. That's a long book. I, I, I It's harder for me to like find the time to really read thoroughly and properly a, a novel of that kind of length at this point. It's, it's, it's difficult for me because I, sometimes I can't read for maybe a week at a time or for some reason because I'm traveling or whatever. And so you come back and then you got to kind of you know, a good reader is a rereader. And so you have to, one, you have to, I, I almost always read books twice, uh, unless it's, you know, something simple and, and you, it's not really necessary, but most great books, you have to, 
to really appreciate them, go through them at least once. And some, some of them, you, you got to go through them a bunch of times. But I read Heart um, of Darkness twice again for you, by the way. Still don't oh, like nice. it. Nice. Still don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> but did, did pick up some interesting observations. So I will say that. That I didn't some, book, some books too, like it uh, just depends on the time of your life. I think when you read it, I think you know maybe if I read it today, I don't know if it would have the impact it had on me when I was, you know, younger. Nabokov called uh, uh, Hemingway and Conrad uh, authors for young boys. So uh, maybe <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe that's. Uh, but yeah, Anna Corona, I, I haven't read. I haven't read that, and I'd I'd like to take a crack at that at, at some point. And right, I mean, to be honest with you, right, it wouldn't, it would be less of what I write about than like the st- stylistically. I, I, I'm, I'm more, especially as I've gotten older, I'm more prose driven. I don't like, you know, the, the, the again, this is going to become snobbish. One of the few things I'm kind of snobbish about, I guess, is, 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 uh, art, you know, and again, by art, I mean anything that's, creative uh, whether that's literature theater or cinema or or, you know uh, paintings or whatever whatever. um and a lot of people when they when they read something like they base whether it's good or not if they identify with the character which is kind of to me a a childish thing you know like you'll say oh it's a good book oh i really identify with the character or number two they like a lesson from it like it's oh like the moral of the story is really good which again is usually a signal for not a well-written book. If, if that's the number one thing that stands out to you, uh, like r- great writing is because is, is, is due to the prose. It's due to the, uh, and William Shakespeare, it's not because his stories are, in fact, I would say his stories don't have morals. Uh, really. Uh, I don't think you, you, there's, <laughs> there, there's really a moral to most, you know, to, to what's the moral to Macbeth or what's the moral to, you know, uh, Hamlet or King Lear. I, I don't know. You know, anyway, there, there, you, you could argue whether there is one or not, but like, I would say it's secondary to the, the to his prose, uh, to, to how he writes. Right. And so for me, most of what I think is great literature is, is not the story, you know, U- Ulysses, which is probably the greatest book of the 20th century is, is not it's just the guy's day i mean he's there's parts of where he's going to the bathroom and you know he, i mean he's uh you know fondling himself on the beach and i mean there's there's a you know he got banned from uh for, Terrence, keep uh, talking listen. keep talking i'll be yeah. right back i know we're at the end of the evening i just i have to step away two seconds i'm so sorry keep going please please no 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 worries uh but yeah i i, I like the um this is unusual too i feel like i'm talking well hopefully the audience out there is enjoying this um I feel like I'm talking, you know, uh, or when I'm when I'm reading, uh, it's really the the writing itself that uh, keeps me tied in. And uh, and so if I were to write something, I think it would be less about what I write about than how I write it. And that's uh, as much as I got for you. I can't see the comments at home. So if you're if you're uh, commenting, I'll take a look after we get off here and uh answer any questions but ah this you know, in all the years i've been doing this this has never happened um it's a very nice alec bradley background i have to say very clean nice imagery they've got the social media on there i like that i can see a little bit of uh, uh bear's chair there and uh that's pretty much what i got to say so i guess we'll just hold on here until bear gets back i hope he's okay i hope he's okay
We'll see if he comes back. This is kind of, you know, we've got some uh, drama here. Will Bear return? Who knows? We'll see what happens. Oh, there he is. Okay, he's going to return. Never a dull moment. My dog was getting apeshit for some reason. So I need to make sure that no one was dying. So, uh, so um, I'm surprised nobody heard him. That was crazy. Um, so, um, I I think that uh, well, your observations about Shakespeare notwithstanding, I think that that's that's an interesting approach and everything. Um, the just going back to the Anna Karina piece uh, as far as reading and everything. What what about that story? What is it just, I know the length is, is is a reason why you haven't dove into it, but like. What is it about that story that just made that? I mean, that seemed like a snap call by you. Something you've always wanted to read. It's, I mean, it's considered one of the the, the classic pieces of literature. Uh, I, I like Russian literature overall. I've I've read a lot of you know I I love Chekhov. I love I've read other Tolstoy. I, I like a Master and Man is a great short story. Um, uh, you know, uh, Dostoevsky. I'm more mixed on. He's more of a philosopher then he's a great writer he's not a great writer but he's a great you know philosophically speaking he's he's very interesting um so i i like that kind of group of of russian writers to begin with and then uh you know nabokov uh who i'm a huge fan of um says that's that's his best book and so i uh i, I think those would be the reasons i'd want to read it nice nice well, awesome. Well, uh, Terrence, I thank you so much for your time this evening. I uh, really do appreciate it. What a what a wonderful conversation this has been, and uh, I just uh, just really, really always love sitting down and chatting with you. So, thank you so much for the opportunity. And we like we were talking about we talked about families tonight. You know, we you know recognize that Sundays are family time. You just flew back from Nicaragua. Uh, I mean, how was Pearl Sabor? Did you? Uh, I mean, you know, was that uh, it's, this is. This is only your second one, right? Because the because of COVID and stuff, or did you? Have, no, I've been I've been to I've, so I was there in eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and then then it was gone a couple of years. So the last two, so this is my fifth one. So I've been to I've been to five of them. And okay. honestly, it's a it's a it's very well done. Uh, they've really improved it over the years. It's a I think it's a gr- it's a great festival. They work really hard. It's very logistically difficult. I kind of have appreciation for logistics um, because it's in Esteli, which is you know, uh, the Habanos festival is not in Pinar del Rio, you know, it's in, it's in Havana. Um, so it's, it's, I appreciate the difficulty of, of being in a rural town, Nicaragua and putting on an event for a few hundred people, uh, you know, getting in there and, you know, have, showing them a good time. Um, a lot, a lot of international distributors to be like, uh, to be honest, I joke with Fabian, he, he, he should have been down there not me because it's, it, it's, I'd say it's more, international customers than it is uh american um consumers or, or retailers although there there are some of course um so it's always a good time and i think it really it's it's always a good reminder of like what's what's great about this industry you know the dinners and you get to spend time i get to see a lot of people uh from the media and, and our international partners and some u.s uh people that you know i might not get to see as often as i would like otherwise and and uh um I, it, our tours went really well. Um, you know, people really liked them. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I'd highly recommend anyone out there to, to attend. It's, it's a, it's a great value and a great experience. And I've never had anyone that went that didn't say they had a great time, at least in the time that I've been going. That's awesome. How, how do you, uh, do you, do you 
I mean, they're pro- I mean, they're probably different, but I mean, how do you how do you compare it to Pro Cigar? Because I know you were part of that for a while. Pro Cigar is a, it was was awesome. I mean, to be honest with you, it's based, I think, a lot on Pro Cigar. There's a white party night. It, they kind of took the Pro Cigar model because it's so successful, and uh, and and kind of modeled it for um, for Nicaragua. Um, you know, Pro Cigar. I, I I went to I think probably close to ten of them. You know, at least eight or nine. And, uh, I, I, you know, obviously there was the part too, where the last day you, you, have you been to pro cigar? I can't remember. No, I've, I haven't been to either one. So, so, so uh, pro, pro cigar, the, the, after it ended, we'd also go to, you know, uh, Manoa, we'd go to the factory and, uh, we'd play cards all day from like noon to like three in the morning. And, uh, you know, a lot of industry guys were there. A lot of consumers were there. You would eat Sancocho and, uh, you know, Chicharron and and uh, I have really good memories of of that. Uh, it's where I met Fred Rui actually I, uh, d- during uh, one of those card games. Interesting. Um, and uh, that that's that's I have great memories of that. And so I have a certain special uh, you know fondness for that. But but uh, the Nicaraguan festival at this stage, I would say uh, is is putting on just as great an experience. Santiago has some advantages. It's a bigger city, and when you fly into it, you're there. So like you, you know. You can your, your your hotel is twenty minutes from the airport. Most of the factories you go, except for the part in La Romana, are basically right there. And if you do do the La Romana part, it's obviously that's a beautiful place to visit. You know, it's a world you know famous resort area. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a uh, they have some advantages in terms of the logistics that Nicaragua has a harder time with. But um, both festivals are incredible, and I always enjoy myself at both of them. Fantastic. Well, Terrence, once again, thank you so much. And uh, thank you to our audience for hanging out late with us as always on a Sunday evening. Uh, you can always check out our YouTube channel, LOS Fumar, hit the subscribe button and that'll uh, take you to videos. Uh, I got uh, called out actually uh, by one of my, uh, one of my audience members. So I do want to apologize publicly to everyone. I, I normally don't get the YouTube videos up as quickly uh, as they do get up on our podcast network. When you of course can listen to this show on any podcast network, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, including iHeartRadio. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, uh, download, and review. If you are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that helps my numbers. Uh, but on the subject of YouTube, I don't get the videos up as quickly as I should, so I do apologize for that, uh, especially to my audience who, who count on those videos getting up. So I, I, I try to, I'll try to be more diligent about that in the future, uh, but I, appreciate, I do appreciate my audience, and I do appreciate you for... Uh, for calling that out so thank you so much uh but terrence again i can't thank you enough for for being on tonight's show um you can always check out our, our upcoming guests we have a great show planned for us next week uh, mike rosales of romacraft tobacco will be here um at 9 30 uh central on a sunday evening as well so he's a we'll great man good times yeah i i love talking to mike and I, mike and i've been friends for a long time uh, like you and i terrence and it's been uh, it's been great to to kind of go back it's been a long time since he's been on the show as well so that'll be the nice to kind of rekindle some things and have a great conversation and catch up on some stuff so um but uh check out uh everything uh Agonor's leaf including the new firecracker uh with our good friends over at uh, two guys smoke shop that is just being is being released uh and then who knows what they have planned pca so stay tuned you guys doing anything special for tpe uh no not not there's no new releases for tpe okay all right. Well, check them out as uh, the PCA fast is fast approaching. 
uh, coming up here in six weeks. Sure, they have something rolled up their sleeves for that, and uh, hopefully they will continue to have another great year like they had last year. Vaganor Sleeve, uh, we thanks, thank Terrence, of course, for his time this evening and uh, to our audience as well for staying up late with us. So for everybody out there, I'm Bear Duplissy. This has been our 279th take. We're on the road to 300 at this point, so this is good stuff. And as always, I'm Bear Duplissy, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. He's Terrence Riley, and guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. <laughs>